0: This is a Security Weekly production. This week on Security Weekly, we interview Neil Weiler, aka Grifter. We like listener feedback so much that we're going to do it again this week. Except we're going to talk about different listener feedback. We're going to talk about uh, disclosure and evil domain squatting. Stories of the week include Chrome blocking Flash and all kinds of things get hacked. So stay tuned. <laughs> Broadcasting live from G-Unit Studios in Rhode Island, it's the show where exploits run wild, packets aren't the only things getting sniffed, and the cocktails flow steady. It's Paul's Security Weekly. Security Weekly is brought to you by... The SANS Institute, the most trusted source for computer security training, certification, and research. Visit sans.org to explore the full curriculum and latest training offerings. Onapsis, the leading provider of solutions to protect ERP systems from cyber attacks. Customers can secure their SAP and Oracle business-critical platforms from espionage, sabotage, and financial fraud and risks. Visit them on the web at ONAPSys.com. Pony Express. Check out their line of penetration testing devices, including the Pone Pad, the Pone Phone, and the Pone Pro. For enterprises, there's Pone Pulse, providing continuous visibility into wired, Wi-Fi, and Bluetooth spectrums across all physical locations, including remote sites and branch offices. For all those hard-to-reach places, there's Pony Express. Visit them on the web at PonyExpress.com.
1: And... Here's your host. He's a man who has a goatee to hide the chain link fence marks around his mouth. Paul Asadorian.
0: I kind of had a feeling that it was going <laughs> to have something to do with our previous conversation should, before the show, which we're not going to talk about no, on the air because no. we've already we've talked about that on the we've anyway. Done, we've talked hey, about that for the last ten years. It it's episode four sixty five, and it's May nineteenth, two thousand and sixteen. I'm your host, Paul Asadorian, and joined in studio. By the lovely Larry Pesce. Lovely, wow. The lovely, lovely well, Larry.
1: Well, wearing a lovely new shirt.
0: Nice, ITPro. Awesome. ITPro.tv forward slash HackNaked for a 30% off discount code. Thanks for the plug, Larry. No problem. Sponsors love us now. Well, <laughs> they, that they do. That <laughs> they do. They, <laughs> always, they always do. How's that for a plug? On the lines via Skype, we've got Mr. Joff Thire. Welcome, Joff. G'day, Paul.
2: G'day, Larry. It's good to see everybody again this fine Thursday evening.
0: G'day, let's put some shrimp on the barbie! Sorry, every time you say that, that's what I think yeah, of. Yeah, well, I, something I, like I, that. Shrimp on I, I, the barbie! And, and see, I think of barbie laid down. With <laughs> no. That's, no, that's a weird Japanese restaurant thing where you eat the sushi off the naked lady. laid Amsterdam, or something of like yeah, that. Supper that's club. That's right, it's more, of a, more of an anime theme there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> don't judge it, don't judge.
0: <laughs> Michael Santarcangelo is here with us as well. Michael, welcome to the show!
1: I did. <laughs> It's good to be here. You
0: think? I I think.
3: It's always lovely to see Larry. Is that a
1: question
0: or a a statement?
3: I'm not sure yet. Ask me again in an hour.
0: Okay. If you would like to see keynote speeches by Andrew Hay and Chris Valesic, where would you go, Larry? Where would you go? That's a good question. Where would I go? You would go to Cloud Security World June 14th through the 15th at the Omni Parker House in Boston, Massachusetts. Misty putting on a conference mm-hmm. all about cloud security M-I-S-T-I, right? you should go there cloud dot m-i-s-t-i dot com go there go to the conference Boom. it'll be fun i promise oh yeah oh yeah <clears throat> and that that is the only announcement we have because source boston already happened it actually is it well it might be still be going on now but keith is here. yeah it happened he happened staffed. this week yeah he staffed source boston for us and got to meet for the first time, a lot of people in the security community. Nice. So,
1: and where where someone was called the not the typical security
0: guy was that Keith? That's, or was it you? Um, i not disclosing where wow. that happened. Right. I was trying to leave that out. Okay. Thanks, Larry. Well, I, I, <laughs> didn't, I didn't know. I was asking. <laughs> you, you confirmed. <laughs> I asked the question. I did no such thing. I will neither confirm nor deny. Perfect. How's that? I will introduce our very special guest for this evening. We are very excited to have Neil Weiler, a.k.a. Grifter, on the show. Hacker, Geek, DEF CON, and Black Hat CFP Review Board Member. So we're always nice to Grifter. Contest Village Events Lead, Goon, Black Hat Staff, DC 801 Founder, 801 Labs, Hackerspace Founder. Grifter is the person when I'm at a security conference, if I need anything. Like, where's the party tonight? Where's the, can I get a water? Grifter knows everything at the conference. He's my (laughs) go-to. Conference person, I'll even ask him where's Larry. He may be the only one that can answer that question. Grifter, <laughs> welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. It is uh, wonderful to have you on. I can't believe it's been—we haven't had you on yet, dude. So um, it's it's nice for you to uh, agree to coming on this ridiculous program. That's <laughs> well, ridiculous.
1: Where's oh, happy Come to be on. here on now.
0: <laughs> so, and, and, um,
1: and, and it looks like you're in the lab of doom
0: of some variety.
4: He yeah, is. We, I'm just at my house. This is my my office. So I work from home. This is it. So that's this awesome. is the lab of doom. In fact. Can you talk this about where, where you work and what you do, Neil? Um, so I work for RSA. Um, that's my day job. I do threat hunting. I know, drink. Um, <laughs> but threat hunting and incident response.
0: Awesome. All right. Awesome. Mm-hmm. We can talk about that. Um, Neil, how did you get your start in information security?
4: Um, well, yeah, that's that's quite the story. Mm-hmm. Um, we so want to hear it. Mm-hmm. I, was, I was pretty young. Um I, my parents were divorced. So when they got divorced, I was, I was little, my dad lived with his younger brother and, uh, and he was into computers. And so, which was kind of rare. This is the mid to late eighties timeframe. And so I was hyperactive, which I know is a super rare thing in our field. Um, (laughs) you know, had ADD. So I basically drove him crazy. Uh, and at one point he always was tinkering on electronics and stuff. And at one point, he, uh, he was just fixing someone's VCR. Now, that's gangster, uh, a VCR. But he had it open on the floor, and I just walked up and was like, whoa, what's that? Like, What does this do? What does that do? And I was like, what's that? And I like, reached in, and I was going like, to touch one of the components, and he slaps my hand away, and he's like, oh, dude, no. And he's like, that's a capacitor. <laughs> <And he's> like, <laughs> I, I was like, what is that? And he's like, oh, it's just like – like it's basically like a little envelope that holds on to electricity, and nice, you know. And I was like, "Well, but it's unplugged," and he's like, "Yeah, it doesn't matter. And like even after you unplug it, it still like holds a charge." And that was fascinating for me. Like I was just like, "That's unreal!" Like I can shock myself, and the thing's not even plugged in. So that started. a <laughs> So when he wasn't looking, like, I would touch the capacitors all the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what like later in life when i got into you know high school and stuff and started taking technical electronics classes we used to we'd charge up caps and throw them to each other like idiots but <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> nobody caught anything in that class after a certain point like it was just like it wouldn't matter somebody could chuck you a baby and you would just let it hit the floor you'd be like i'm not getting shocked man it's not happening <laughs> baby, baby um, strapped in capacitors Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> especially yeah that kind <laughs> of that led into um because he was into computers and stuff, he was doing tech work for some company that had provided him a computer. Uh, And I didn't have a computer at home. I grew up in a a fairly poor area of Long Island. Um, And I only had access to this computer on the weekends or when I was on a vacation and I went and and stayed at my dad's house, but I was way into video games and stuff. And so he was like, well, here, sit down like this. will keep him still for a little while. Again, the (laughs) hyperactivity. Um, but I always wanted new games, new games, new games. And so eventually he was like, okay, well, we can go get you some new games. And that was my first uh, online experience, which was with the pirate bulletin board system. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. It's like, yeah, thanks, Uncle Jim. Um, so. I hung out on this pirate BBS, and that's actually, I mean, that's how I learned about, like, how big a byte was compared to a kilobyte or a megabyte or um, what baud rates meant and transfer speeds because, you know, I wanted to know, like, how long is this game going to take me to get it, you know, and I'd ask him, I'd say, how long is this, you know, and he'd be like, oh, that's going to take 15 minutes or something, that's going to take an hour, that's going to take a day, that's going to take three days, forget about it, you know, so... In, um, in three days, was only a megabyte, which is kind of interesting. <laughs> yeah, no it was brutal. But, you know, I mean, that's that started, like, the basic building blocks of understanding how, you know, networks worked and transfer speeds and things like that. And and what I loved about being on that BBS was at a certain point, I just started getting on there myself. And I was talking to different people and leaving posts and stuff. And they had no idea that I was a little kid, you know, like – they just assume that if you were smart enough to configure a modem and be able to get online, that you know you were at least intelligent enough to belong there. Which I kind of miss about the old days. You know, oh, old guy, um, belly aching over here. <laughs> but, you know, it was like when, when off the officer came around, they destroyed everything. Wow, he's barely out of diapers. What? What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I was I was pretty young, but I um. So I was – I just hung out on this BBS, and I used to post and everything, and people just would post back. And, again, they didn't know how old I was, so I thought I was great. And eventually, when I was was about probably 11, uh, 12 years old, um, somebody said, hey, man, I think you would like this you know, BBS. And they gave you a number, and that number was to a hacker bulletin board system. And I was like – I was in like from day one. Like when I got on there, I read – Everything Like, I was like, this is awesome. You know, I was reading all all the, like, conspiracy stuff that was, like, UFOs and the government's working with aliens. <laughs> I'm like, it is, they are. I know it. I know yeah. they are. You and know, and you know, the, they antar- the anarchist cookbook. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. Like, I'm like, oh, man. Like, where can I get some banana peels to smoke? Like, yeah. yeah and and, and, and <laughs> I got to go to,
1: Dad, can you take me to the hardware store? I got to see if I can find some saltpeter. <laughs> 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 Wait, I mean, uh, I've never
4: done that. Um <laughs> It was totally, it was like, you, I mean, if you remember those times, that's what you mentioned, I am part of the, um, the DEF CON CFP review board. I still like hold those times near and dear to my heart. Mm -hmm. So sometimes people will submit things to DEF CON and it's like, it's insane. You know, it's like how to like survive the zombie apocalypse type thing, or, you know, it is about UFOs or communicating with other life forms and different stuff. And I'm like, do it let's put it in there
5: don't forget where we came
4: from like these files oh, were right cool. next to the files on how to hack you know and so so i'm a i'm a traditionalist in that <laughs> that's sense pretty, I that's, that's pretty funny first,
0: dude um uh, the review board <clears throat> so when did you first get involved with uh black
4: hat and defcon um so initially uh, I'd, kn- I'd known about DEFCON since the initial one, but I was, I was a kid. I was you know young and I was living in New York. So getting on a plane to Vegas wasn't something that my parents were going to yeah. uh, allow to happen. But I, uh, I eventually got, I was in the air force. I got stationed out in Utah. Uh, Vegas is only a six hour drive. Um, I still didn't go for a couple of years cause I just thought maybe going to a hacker conference and being in the military, maybe those don't things don't mix. Um, you know maybe not so much now but uh but at the time in the single digit defcon days it was it was much more um taboo stick and so uh eventually, I was about to get out of the military, and I was like, all right i 'm going like this is happening, and so we used to get a whole bunch of us together and we'd we'd road trip down to defcon we 'd meet up at like a crappy diner at like two in the morning and we 'd uh you know fill up on a bunch of crap food, and then we'd head down. I remember, like, one time on the road trip, it was great. Like, this one, like, Wi-Fi was new. Like, so we um, we were all excited about it. And everybody got their antennas. And we're like, okay, let's get our antennas. And we taped them to the windows of all the different cars. And then we created an ad hoc Wi-Fi network across all the cars, like, on the caravan. And then we set up an IRC server. And we're like, oh, you know, like, hey, what's up? <laughs> you got kicked you know <laughs> driving down to defcon it's ridiculous that is uh, one of the nerdiest things i think i've heard in a long time neil that is like totally <laughs> that's nerdy. pretty nerdy, <laughs> nerdy. That's awesome. And, and awesome that's, you know, that's the joy you know <laughs> out of what do oh, like, we do with this i don't know like dude let's set up let's set up an irc channel and we'll chat car to car because you know we had frs radios and stuff like that but we're like why not just use irc
6: right
4: um so, um, so I started going, I, I became a goon really quick. It only, um, I went for one year, the next year, I volunteered to help out. And then I started out actually as a security goon. And then I was a vendor goon. Uh, at a certain point I was just like, I think I'm going to be done gooning and, uh, and Moss DT. He was like, he's like, no dude, we got something for you. It's so when we were moving to the Riv and I started, um, managing all the parties that were going on in the skyboxes and like what we were going to put in the skyboxes. And so, in order to get one of those skyboxes, you, you had to earn it. You know, If you wanted to have a party at night, you got to earn the skybox. So um, I was like, what are you going to do? Like, What are you guys going to um, do to earn this space for the weekend? It'll wow. yours. So it will be
0: so." You must not have been managing it when we had a party in the skybox then. <laughs> <laughs> I, every year that was there, it was me. So, um, so we did. Somehow we earned it. I don't know how, but we did. Because we had one party in a skybox.
4: Yep, we did. Never forget that. Yeah, well, I mean, people had varying levels of awesome they brought. I'm just uh, I don't know what yeah, you guys We were probably really low on the awesome. <laughs> but, yeah, we
1: we were a different kind of party. Yeah. Uh, and you know so. Yeah.
4: But we had um we had a good that's time. where the villages came from, like a lockpick <laughs> village and the the hardware hacking village and all those things, like those were born out of those skyboxes. Like we needed somebody to prove that they deserve to have the space. And the guys from Tool came and said, What if we set up a room and we just put tons of tables and locks in it. And we teach people how to lock pick and we'll do presentations and stuff like that. And we're like, yeah, that'd be awesome. Let's do that. Um, the hardware hacking thing, same thing. And we're like, "Well, oh, what if we just set up a bunch of soldering stations and we have some kits that people can work on. And now like lock pick villages and hardware hacking villages, they're like standard parts of the conference. Mm-hmm. You know, like you don't see a conference that doesn't, you know, have, a lockpick village. Yep, it's and for, for
1: many years, the Wi-Fi village.
4: Yeah, Wi-Fi village is still around now. At, at DEF CON, man, half of DEF CON is just deciding what you're going to do. You go into these villages. It's like we have a crypto and privacy village. You've got your you know Internet of Things village now. You've got um, you know, Wi-Fi is up there, the packet village. The guys from Wall of Sheep have turned that into a crazy circus, like Riverside and those guys. So um, the amount of content at DEF CON now is just off the charts. Um what's your advice
0: for for navigating Defcon today Grifter like we've talked about this before on the show but I want to get your opinion on it there is so much stuff going on <clears throat> like how do you choose and plan what you're going to do it, at at a conference like Defcon
4: Ah that's a it's a difficult question I mean because it's going to be Dependent upon the individual, I think that's what. One, we're spoiled for content. Again, back in the single-digit CON days, we just like you only had so much you could do. Mm. I think a lot more people just went to talks, like talk after talk. I think now it's gotten to the point where people are like, "Ah, oh, well, the talks are going to be online, so I'm just going to have go. other stuff but, to do." Yeah, they're like, "I'm going to light myself on fire and just run through the halls or put on." Well, but does
0: pl- it does it cut down on that because rather than you know dumping stuff in the pool?
4: you're got all this other constructive things that you can do with the conference, right? I think so. I mean, we, we definitely, I mean, the AP days were, were insane. You know, we had full run of the property and it was crazy. But when we moved over to the RIV, that mindset hadn't changed. People tried to bring that over a little bit, except now casino securities there. So, Mm
1: -hmm. yep. Yeah. That my, so my first, my first year at DEF CON was the pipe. So, sorry. Um, my, my first year at DEF CON was, I think it was the first year that it was at the Riv and I remember showing up and there was someone throwing uh beer bottles out of the window into the pool type of thing.
4: Right. Yep. And that, that works for a minute, you know, exactly. <laughs> yeah. it, and it's it like worked for that minute. Hotel security comes and drags you out of there. So
1: yeah. And I think about 15 minutes later, the fire alarms went off because someone had hacked
4: the fire alarms and
1: yeah, I it mean, was different.
4: You saw that at Black Hat too, in early Black Hat years. Um, People would come to Black Hat and they'd hook up to the like Caesar's Palace network and they would, you know, try to make all the credit card transactions go through their hotel room or something like that. And like the police would show up and it's like, yeah, guys, like this is a casino. They're not, am- this is an amateur hour. Like, right. right. <laughs> they know what you're doing and they can see you and they come drag people out of the room and haul them away. And it was like, yeah, it's a little bit different when you're on the strip. um How did you get involved with Black Hat? Um so Black Hat was was kind of it it, it kinda happened because of DEF CON. So I knew um at the time I was the administrator of the DEF CON forums. I was on there a lot. I was posting about how Black Hat was just too expensive, like if you're a student or you know, you have a small business, which at the time I just had my own company and I was like, I can't pay like five grand to go out to Black Hat, It's insane. Um and Russ Rogers, if if some of you guys know Russ, um russ was like hey you know i could probably help you out you know volunteering you know at a show when you come out for the u.s show and i was like yeah that'd be awesome and so in be- like before that happened they actually called me up and said hey can you come help out at the window show which they used to do i love that there was a window show <laughs> <laughs> a
0: window show like the operating <laughs> system like windows show
4: Just straight up like black hat windows <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Yeah. wow. Yeah. Look it up. I'm telling you, it's there. It's crazy. And it was like, they had a, a it was just like, we're going to put it in Microsoft's backyard. Obviously, at the time, that's where the Black Hat offices were. Um, And so it was easy for them to do. It was a couple blocks away from the Black Hat office. And it was, you know, a smaller show. But um, do they have like cardboard cutouts of like Bill
0: Gates, but like the faces <laughs> like a sort like hollow and you can put your face in there and take pictures. Oh, that's that what that I think actually... of like a
4: Windows Black Hat Windows conference. So Microsoft used to be like, they used to come, they used to bring it like with the parties. Like mm. Microsoft party, if you remember years ago, was like the one you wanted to get into because it was always going to be something crazy. Mm-hmm. And that, that window show was still, I think it's still the craziest party I've ever been to. Cause they were like, Oh my Micro- God, ask you that. And I'm like, where's it at? And they were like the space needle. And I was like, what? And they're like, yeah, they rented the space needle. Like, you can rent a landmark. if you're microsoft you can like and so everybody was like you know it's all a bunch of security nerds and we're all hanging out the top of the space needle and it was like a storm so it was like swaying we're like we're all gonna die but that was the point
1: right (laughs) that was the point that's cool
4: but um but yeah so so they had this windows show um i go out and help out with that and they liked me um and they're like great well we'll see you in u.s um and in between there they headed out for the europe show which is in amsterdam and there was a guy who used to do what I do, running all the technical operations at Black Hat. And he um, he packed up all the equipment for the Amsterdam show. And he, like, loaded on a pallet and put it out on the loading dock. And then they went off to Amsterdam. But the pallet never went to Amsterdam. Oh, jeez. Oh, my god! So no routers, no switches, no cables, nothing. Um, and they get on site to go stand up the network. And it turns out that the day that – the The first day of training was a holiday in the Netherlands. They couldn't get any equipment. They had to, like, call a place and try to find the owner to get them to open up and sell them stuff. It was crazy. So, clearly, when you leave all the gear behind or whatever, then you don't do that anymore. Um.
1: (laughs) That's a career-limiting move. (laughs) Yeah.
4: Yeah, so they called me up, and they're like, hey, you know, we really liked you. You know, you seem to, like, have your shit together. They're like, can you you want to come out. And,
1: you, you want to ship a pallet to Amsterdam for us? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's
4: like they're, but they're just like, Hey, you know, um, come out, come out to the U S show. We'll pay you. You know, obviously we'll fly out. We'll put you up in a hotel. We'll like all everything you can bring a team with you to set up the network and do whatever. And I'm like, this sounds great. You know? Oh, yeah. Awesome. Let's do it. You know, I'm like 23 years old. I'm like going to run the black hat network. Um, I was like, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, and so I took like two of my friends, like two to run the entire network. I was like, so that was a terrible mistake. (laughs) Um, Excuse me. We got it done, but it was like, you know, way too much work. Yeah. Heading to four in the morning, back down at seven o'clock, that kind of stuff. But, but it, it went really well. And they were like, wow, that, that went great. You know, do you want to come to all the shows and do this for all our shows? And I'm like, sure. And so now I've been doing that for 14 years. Wow. And now how big is your team? Uh, the team for the U S show is 21 guys for the network specifically that are managing it, you know, throughout the conference. So we get in there before the, um, or the trainings kick off normally a couple of days before. And we work with the venue to get, you know, all of the, the gear loaded into their closets or wherever they need it. And then, um, and then we have 75, 76 college students. Oh my God come out and actually lay all the cables and stuff like that like i still i still get down on the floor i mean you've seen me like i've you seen know, yeah yeah crawling around like i don't care i still get my hands dirty i've uh, still flagged
0: you down and be like dude this shit's broken you need to come run on that
4: cable over there <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and i'll live, I, I come in and do it and it that's does. Like, it does. i always I, I tell people that all the time i'm like you know it's a good way to like stay humble mm. i was like you know because at a certain point you know in the security industry if you've just been in it long enough Um, people get to know you or you start doing things, you publish a book, you do whatever, and people start to think, and hopefully you don't start to think that you're a badass or something because no one likes those people. Um, but crawling around on the floor at Black Hat, laying down and taping cables, um, it, it lets you know where you stand. <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah. yeah, that's one of the things that I've always told my family is that, shit, I get fired tomorrow from doing this thing that I love, but I'm still going to put food on the table. You know, you want as my mom would say, I got to go dig ditches to put food on the table. Well, guess what? Hand me a shovel. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You, you do what you got to do.
4: Yeah. And that's the thing is yeah, it's you- like you get people who are kind of like, oh, you know, they just think you're some guy. I had a, I had a trainer one time years ago. And um she just started like insulting the crap out of me, and she's like, "You, you, know, you guys don't even know how to do. You can't stand up a simple freaking network, blah blah blah." And I'm like trying to be cool, and at a certain point, like I stop being Neil and I start being Grifter. <laughs> and it's like Neil's a super nice guy, Grifter is a huge prick. Uh, um, you
0: have like this double but, persona going on, huh? <laughs>
4: yeah, I know, I know where I'm at. But I like my my bit flips, and you know, and the New York turns back on, and I'm like. I was like, who do you think you're talking to? Like I was like I was like, one. I was like, you're insulting me about setting up some freaking wires in your classroom. I was like, I work for Juniper Networks, like cause that's where I was working at the time. I'm like, I'm pretty sure I can lay a freaking cable. Like and she's like, Oh, don't yeah. <laughs> like,
1: That's
4: awesome. That's the thing. Like, people just think you're some grunt that's down there. And those those guys who come out, those twenty-one guys who are handling the network, they're all like they're running the networks for some huge companies, like you know they're um, they're professionals, you know and they're, the guys are from like Tumblr or from you know TD Ameritrade or whatever. I mean, they're big logos, and they're crawling around on the floor setting up access points, you know, on stands and doing whatever because they just want to give back something. So I, you know,
2: I, I just want to throw in a comment there. I I love what you just said about that because I feel the same way. I don't care how senior you are in any position or any uh, hierarchy, whatever you want to call it. There's nothing like just getting down and still doing the, you know, the, the, the straight up grunt work, for lack of a better word. I mean, just just do it, and the people around you will be will be so much more appreciative that you were sleeves up and in amongst the the crowd than than you know being sort of aloof. So I, I, I love well, that.
0: It's interesting, and Michael's going to love this comment. I, to be an effective leader, right? You have to be able to do the work of the people yep. that you're leading right, right. That, that that's like part of it I, I don't know if that was knowledge that like michael instilled in me but i've always felt like i need to understand where the people i'm leading are are coming from the challenges they're facing before i can effectively lead them exactly well, especially well, I mean, if you they need it. coaching
3: because if you don't understand it at that fundamental level mm. you're not going to be able to coach them but neil let me ask you about this part too so you got involved at a young age and and it it, it seems like I'm kind of sensing two themes. One, this has been awesome for you to give back to the community, but also it seems like to some level, probably pretty good for your career. But then when you flip it around and you start talking about these people that are also giving back, you know, when, when people say to us, well, how do I get involved? How do I get in the industry? Volunteer. You're going to meet awesome Absolutely. people that will teach you. And if you impress them because you show up and work hard and do a good job, that opens doors, a- am I misinterpreting that?
4: No, not at all, and I think um I think that's huge, and it's not just on a like oh volunteer at defcon volunteer at black hat thing it's like you know any I travel a lot for work yeah. as many of you guys do as well. any city I go to, I can find a hacker space mm-hmm. and I can. Go meet up with people who are you know interested in the same things I am. It's one of the great things about the spread of hacker spaces all over the world, um, or DEFCON groups and things. Where I'm like, I'll just reach out to whoever the contact is of the DEFCON group and be like, "Hey, I'm going to be in Phoenix. You know, you guys want to hang out?" And they're like, like "Absolutely, oh, fuck yeah, Grifter's to
0: coming to town." <laughs> <laughs> Dude, when you, um, when you come
4: when you come into Rhode Island? Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. There hasn't been a lot of demand for Rhode Island. I make it to to Boston well, To to Bedford because the RSA headquarters is there. So I get out there occasionally. I wouldn't
0: come out there look us up, man.
4: We're not far do that. But yeah, I think volunteering at a hackerspace or something like that, that just doing it at your local level. I've seen a lot of that um, with 801 labs. We, um, we have a bunch of guys there who are also, you know, senior in their careers. And then we have a lot of guys who are just starting out or they're still in school. And we get to know them, and then eventually somebody's like, "Oh, we have a position that's opening up for a junior analyst. Is there anybody looking for a job?" And if we already know somebody and they've been hanging out at the space and helping us, you know, you know, get do the grunt work there, then we know there's somebody that we like and we can count on. We've seen a lot of guys get jobs just from hanging out at their hackerspace.
3: You know what I want to point out too is that as I look at stuff, so I live in South Carolina. And I'm starting to realize more and more that uniting some of those hacker and maker spaces together, I like I haven't been to one yet where there's not smart, talented people who then say, hey, man, I'll work with kids. I'll work with families. What what does the community want to know better? How how do we do this? And so when I turn around and people say, well, we can't get the support from the community. I go, did you ask? Did you ask the right people? And or, or the people say, well, how do I get experience? Show up. Show up at these things and and start testing it because if you think about the complexity of hiring somebody in security, a lot of it comes down to, well, I know this person. I've worked with them. I've Mm -hmm. tested them. That's the best way to do it. But, I mean, you just gave people the complete – I was sorry, it's a secret, but the the key to you want a better job, you want a career, you want to get into this industry, there's probably – look, if we have
0: awesome stuff in Myrtle Beach, I assure you there's great stuff around the country. And you know, you know, you, know what, you know what I love it like up to this point we haven't talked well in, it's going to sound weird but like we haven't talked about metasploit or like writing exploits or finding vulnerabilities right like the or, way into this space <clears throat> is to familiarize yourself with technology and get involved in the community mm-hmm. and those are almost yeah. like just as important if not more important than the technology that we use even in depth into the technology that we adapt as security professionals, some of the very specific stuff to security. We haven't even really talked about that because it's really not all about that. And I think a lot of people have that, that impression.
4: Yeah. I think that's, um, I mean, that's the thing. It's like the, the tech stuff, you know, metasploit, all that, like getting involved with it, that will come. And we do stuff for the hackerspace where we run CTFs, you know, just for fun. And we get the new guys in there and they get their hands dirty or like the B side salt Lake city, conference they do a you know a joe's versus pros and you know they have uh you know guys who are doing it as a profession and guys who are brand new to it and Mm -hmm. then they help each other out or trade information or do whatever and it's technology now i guess it's just there's so much accessibility to it um you can just download linux you don't have to go break into a university if you want to (laughs) start paul um if you want to learn (laughs) unix or something (laughs) (laughs) but but that's what (sighs) When I was a kid, I mean, that's what we had to do. A lot of the stuff <laughs> I was doing wasn't to be malicious. And I know that's a cliche and it's a, a common story amongst, you know, guys who have been doing it for a really long time. But it was genuinely like if you wanted to see something new, um, educational institutions and, and military or government was where they had cool things and you had to go find the cool things. Yeah, and they
1: had to find a way to get in so that you could learn. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, exactly. And then so and and so that was almost like a side effect. The getting in was necessary so that you could go learn something. Um now that wasn't not that that wasn't fun. You know, I mean <laughs> <laughs> it's like getting in was great, you know, sticking flags and things. It was one of the big motivators for me. Like I I like I said I grew up in New York Long Island a, a not very well off area with a single mom. Um and so I didn't have a computer at home. So it was like if I wanted to hack, it was on the weekends with my dad, I would literally I'd sit in front of that computer until I was hallucinating. Like I wouldn't sleep like until I've ever seen like you've been so tired. It looks like like worms are kind of like, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Your <laughs> <laughs> um, yep. I think we've all been yeah, there. It's there. You know, <laughs> no time to go to bed. Um But I was obsessed, you know, it was like I had a certain window that I could do it. And then when I couldn't, I had a bank of payphones that were outside the deli by the corner by my house. Um, And so I went down there, which is why you see all this. um, I saw the 9X, yeah. 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 So so I loved like the phone system and that's what I did throughout the week. Um, But I went to the military to get out of New York. And when I eventually got out, you know, I had to find a job. And uh, I didn't want to work on F 16s anymore. I Hate mm-hmm. those jets. I mean, they're <laughs> really but uh, and it was cool to climb in the cockpit of an F sixteen every day. I mean, don't get me wrong, but um, but it wasn't what I want to do for a career. When I got out, people were like, well, what what can you do? And I was like, I can break into
5: computers. Yeah, you
4: know? <laughs> and they're like, well, we'll pay you to do that. And then and I was like, okay, I, I guess I'll do that then. You know, and it seems so, to
0: it seems to have worked out for you, Neil. So
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, I mean. It's worked out for all of us, right? Yeah. I mean, when we, again, like, when we're starting out, we're almost spoiled, I think, because now you have to come into security, and and it's insane. Like, it's huge. You're, like, what are you going to specialize in? Yeah. It's not just, like, I'm going to be a security guy. Like, we were, like, generalists starting Ooh, out in, like, the 90s so true. and coming in. In, in and, the 90s, this is what I remember. People
3: telling me, you want to do security? Why would you kill your career like that? You're going to go <laughs> nowhere. Networking's where it's at. Why aren't you in networking? <laughs> exactly. Now,
1: so then you, so have. then you so then you got into networking and then you had to learn about Novell you know, Active Directory and, oh, yeah Novell 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 and then Active Directory and then um, firewalls and guess what now you've got a security career because you're a generalist and all those things and
4: right. I, I, I was, I was <laughs> about to say kind of, I, mean, I, I did all see, that and I got into security <laughs> like that was the Bible right yeah absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely, so it's like it just turned into a career and we got to almost learn it organically. So as different things came, like it was like this is a firewall like that was like a new thing. Mm. And we're like, OK, we're going to learn this all together, you know, and it's like, oh, this is, you know, this is how you would secure this. Or, and we got to slowly kind of learn these things. And now when people are starting out new, I almost I almost feel bad for them because I'm like, all right, man, we're going to throw you into the deep end here. Or I'm just like, what do you want to do? And they're like, what can I do? you know and it's like well, do you, you want be a guy do you want to be a network guy do you want to do incident response like what do you want to do i want to be a red team guy yeah I'm they like, all like
0: it. i want to be a penetration tester it's like well oh, always First, you got to be a Windows guy, then a Linux guy, okay. then a network guy. Yeah, and many times somewhat of a software guy. And many and times they
1: then. already are, but it's like yes. they they like I've done all those things. I can do the general. I'm an awesome sysadmin, and I've really taken what I did for security to heart and all those roles that I did to try to keep people up, But now I want to turn the table, and it's like. Uh.
0: No, I th- I think that's but that's great. You have
1: absolutely great. You have to know how but, to secure it before you can know right. How to bring and it. then yeah. that, that's the hard part that that I'm I struggle with giving people advice on is how do you make that jump from the mm. sysadmin
4: to that the attack? Put your evil yeah, hat I think on. That's the thing <laughs> is that I'm I don't know. I I feel like now at least I see a lot. I went when I was at the RSA conference you know, I went to B sides out there and um, I swear within. like two hours I was sitting at one particular location, three different people came up to me and told me they had started a company where they were going to do pen testing. And I was like, damn, man, you're going to have some competition, you know, like, and I mean, nothing against solid pen testers, obviously, but it's like, there's so many people Mm -hmm. who want to do red team stuff that it's because it sounds sexy. You know, they're like, Oh, I want, I want to be like pew, 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 you know, (laughs) exploit, exploit, you know? Um, (laughs) But at a certain point, like you have to say, like, what's the quality of what I'm getting here? You know, you can't just like I I had a guy who, you know, he went out on a particular engagement. He was like, oh, yeah. And he came back and I was like, oh, how'd it go? And he's like, oh, yeah, we didn't get in. And I was like, what? Like, and he's like, yeah, no. I was like, what was the scope? I don't know. It was open. Like it was. And I was like, and you didn't get in. You should quit. Ah, 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 Like I was like, holy hell, dude! Like for real, because I mean, honestly, I mean, we've done (laughs) testing, but we've all been in that situation where the scope goes like this. Mm. Uh huh. Oh yeah. Just like what the hell? Yeah, and like you're honestly like, look, just cut the check, and and I'll check that box with you, right? Like, you know, because that's what we're here for. We're not actually here to see whether or not we can help you get secure. (sighs) But that was my scope is open. You know your success rate should be a hundred percent or greater. I agree, or greater. I just, I agree. Blown, <laughs> agree. blown away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, and, and don't forget,
0: there's a time as your scope decreases, your amount of time you have to spend is not increasing. So right. it may take a month to write a custom exploit to get in in that shortened scope, but you only got a week.
4: Exactly. Yep. And, so you're yeah, and your attacker, if She's they're really
3: determined, off. they've got a lot of patience. They've got all the time in the world.
0: Right.
4: So, hey, so
3: at, at the risk of, um, of bringing up the buzzwords and stuff, I, I'd love to hear more about what you do for your day job in terms of the threat hunting and stuff because it's one of those things that I think is going to become more popular, which is probably making you want to slam your head into your desk. So h- how do you define it or where do you see that evolving in the industry? Is it okay if we go there, guys? Yes.
4: Sure. Um well for me i I mean honestly what it feels like anyway like when you're going out and doing threat hunting it's basically doing r when you have no you know knowledge of a breach like you're just going in and looking for something that you don't Know if it's there or not. It's a very um, good
0: description, Neil. And so I that's like that, I mean,
4: for me. That's about the simplest way I can explain it to someone. Because it's not—it's not, like it's,
0: it's not really new, right? We've been doing threat hunting for a really long time.
1: it's—it's—it's yeah, yeah. it's, it's, it's the whole assume breach scenario, but you have no idea if it's actually even happened.
4: If it's there, and that, and that's what's hard too about the position is it's like quantifying that. Sometimes you could spend you know two or three days working on a particular environment and then come away with nothing, and you're like, it looks good. And everybody's like, well, what did you find? And you're like, nothing, nothing, you know, and that's what's good, you know, <laughs> but it's like, did, was he just like sitting back drinking pina coladas? Like, or okay. did he actually do something? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. it's like, it, it is a little difficult in that regard, but. Is that yeah, your drink I'm of choice now, Neil? For... Are you like a big
0: pina colada drinker now? Is that?
4: that? Oh, i very virgin pina coladas. Yeah. yeah. He likes I'm a Red pina Bull He getting as see, caught in the ring. But, uh. But yeah, I don't drink. Utah, shocker. There, Mormon kid. Um, so is that is that where
0: you're based now? Is Salt Lake City?
4: Yeah, yeah, just north of Salt Lake City. Gotcha. So that's the uh, the 801 representing. But yes, um, so. but yeah. So, I mean, when I go um, into an environment, I'm basically you know looking for uh, indicators of compromise. When I like just blind, like I'm going in looking for them. Now I was always you know a network guy and gravitated toward network security. I love just like I would just bathe in packets, like it's let them wash over me. I think it's <laughs> like. actually kind of <laughs>
0: creepy. That's um, it's kind
4: of. Hot, so, it's but, but I hot. had done, you know, red team stuff, and I'd been, um, I've been doing that for a really long time, and having that <clears throat> that baseline is really really good if you want to be a hunter. You got to understand, like, what would the attacker do? What would they think like? If I was going to exfiltrate data from this environment, what how would, would be my egress? It? Right. You know, like.
0: It's interesting how we go uh, – I think a lot of us started out in defense, went to offense, and now I'm seeing the trend where we're kind of going back to defense and doing a lot of this threat hunting stuff.
4: Purple, purple, yeah, Which man. is good. I think that's the thing is it's – because the – the red team stuff is sexy like you can tell like what do you do and it's like oh well, i'm i'm a professional hacker you know and it's like you know and they're like
0: what and you're like
1: you ever see sneakers
4: you like it's amazing like <laughs> and they're like you
0: ever see sneakers i get yeah, you know
1: i get to i, I get to do that for a bunch of eight and nine year olds my daughter's second grade class yeah, except they haven't ago. seen sneakers right they yeah, haven't they haven't like but it was like i get to go in and tell them like i'm a hacker for a living and they're like yeah, and they're just whoa.
4: like whoa, whoa. Yeah. it probably helps if you're all inked up and have Spons. the rings too, right? Like, what? Like what does that mean? Yeah, like, so yeah, like I'm a I'm, I'm a hunt I'm a hunt teamer. I'm like a network janitor.
0: Yeah. And they're like, that's not as cool. We do want a hacker. Not do, a network
4: janitor. Like your janitor? Wow. <laughs> but you're like you know, if you say like, oh I'm a hacker for hire, I hear that one. That one always makes me roll my mm. eyes. Um but doing the hunting stuff is like bringing the sexy to the blue team. Like it Mm. is fun to do. It's interesting. And you know, you're, you're getting a chance to see whether or not you're actually like worth what they're paying you. Like, can you find them? And if you do.
3: So what's the, what's the biggest surprise that you've had or the biggest epiphany? Like in the act of doing this, looking over your career and your, your experiences, something's got to pop up. What's the thing that's kind of surprised you about it now that you're really actively
1: doing this?
4: Um, gosh, I'm, I don't know if I'm surprised by anything anymore. Uh, <laughs> oh, just, wow.
1: so, it sort of reminds me of our conversation with Doug white last week. Yep. You
4: know, like, I don't know. I don't know if you, if you get surprised anymore. I think what is, what I enjoy the most out of it is like when you're in an environment and you're looking at something, um, I was doing some of this just yesterday. I'm looking at a particular thing and I was like, Oh, that this it, clearly, it looked amateur. Like I was like, okay. Um, you know, I I had assumptions. I'm like, clearly this is this, you know? And I started digging into it and I was like, wait a minute. That's not what I thought it was at all. And like when you see something that looks simple and the attack ends, ends up being elegant or you're like, okay, well, based on this portion of the attack was really, Um, elementary but the rest of it was like super smooth you can kind of I don't know see how a team works like maybe who's working together and there might be somebody who's more junior and stuff so I like kind of trying to get inside their heads while I'm looking because I'm like what's going on here why would he do this then deploy this you know like so I don't know again I don't think it's I don't think it's so much surprise as I I guess I'm surprised by how much sometimes I'm like, oh, respect. You know, <laughs> like, I was like, right, well done. So Neil, there's <laughs> I think a, that's I mean, a good insight.
0: There's a lot of... Uh, the term hunt teaming is a very blanket term, and I think there's a lot of different methodologies within hunt teaming. For example, a lot of people take the approach they're going to look at logs and do hunt teaming basically through logs, and then there's approaches where we're going to look at network traffic and net flow data, and that's how we're going to do hunt teaming. We're going to look at the, the callbacks. And then there's a lot of... of Folks and companies that look at well, we're going to do hunt teaming. We're going to put an agent on the system, and we're going to look at some of the behavior, injection points, and things like that. And we're going to call that threat hunting. So what it, what are the methods that you use, and what are some of the differences between those those different things that encompass hunt, hunt teaming?
4: Well, see, that's the thing. I don't. I think because it's kind of new, that's why people say like, oh, well, this is what I think is hunting, and this is what I think it's hunting. It's like, well, why would you limit yourself? Only the net flow data. Why would you limit yourself to just the logs? Like, why would you say, okay, well, the hunting, I mean, I get, like, there, you can do different types of hunting, you know, where you're just like, oh, we're just going to look at all the endpoints and stuff, but it should be, like, if you're really doing it, like, it should be a combination of all of those things. Like, it's, this is the whole conversation we've been having for decades, where it's like, security and depth and layers and stuff. It's like, oh, so if you're, if you're calling it hunting, but you're only looking in this one spot, then... You know, what is that? Like, that's not, what if, what if it's not there? What if they're, <laughs> what if the guy's not there? And it's like, oh, well, we did hunting. It's like, well, then you're just giving it a bad name. It's kind of the same thing where people are like, oh, security hasn't solved anything. And it's like, well, you know, that's debatable. Um, yeah, it's like, you're doing the well, right I thing. I love,
2: I, I just got to chime in, Paul and, and, uh, and Grifter. I, I love that answer, right? Because, uh, hunting to me is, is, uh, Seeking out uh, anomalous indicators from multiple viewpoints in the environment and across the whole thing—that's what matters, right? The, the weaknesses, the weaknesses of point solutions, uh, I think, in some ways, are responsible for getting us to this place. And I think the hunting concept is uh, kind of turning that on its end.
4: Yeah, I mean, well, and that's the, I'm a little bit spoiled because I do it for RSA, and so I have like the best tools, you know, available to me. And it's like, I, when I get in, I'm, I am looking at logs and I look for something that um, that stands out. And then because I'm using like security analytics or something, then I have full packet capture so I can rebuild sessions or I can pull out like something that looked like someone It's like, Oh, did they actually get malware here? And I just pull the executable out of the stream and, you know, Throw it at Virus Total and see if it hits on anything, or put it in the sandbox and see what its behavior is. Um, and then on the endpoint, you know, we've got ECAT, and so I, we have that data like integrations. Like I get, in, I can start working with the logs and with the packets. And then if I think somebody's really got something screwed up, then I can pivot over to the endpoint and start looking at that stuff too. But you know, again, it's like I'm a little bit spoiled, so I'm I'm kind of why wouldn't you use these amazing things? You know, it's like
1: you gotta use all those yeah yeah no
4: and i agree i I think organizations
0: sometimes look for one tool that does one specific thing but in this case right you have to look at your logs you have to have something that looks looks at your traffic and you have to have something that looks on the endpoint uh as well to complete Uh, the picture and i think
4: we get like everybody complains about vendors and it's like boo you know vendors suck and it's like i work for a vendor so it's boo me you know and um, you go out to the RSA conference and they're like, we have 700, you know, vendors in the expo hall. And it's, that's awesome. Great. I'm glad that people are working on, on products to try to make things better. But, um, like I gave a talk at B sides, uh, in Salt Lake city a month ago or so at this point. Um, and I put up a picture of like a children's bow and arrow next to a compound bow. And it's like, both of these are, are bows and both of them fire arrows but they're clearly not created equally. So don't just shun like vendors and the products that they're doing. You know, We're, we're not going to solve everything with just open source or whatever. I mean, there's a lot of great stuff out there, but that's awesome. Go talk to the vendors who like are doing it right. Get their stuff, but make sure you're not, you know, slipping in snake oil and banging your head off the desk, you know, like, like go get the things that actually matter. Um, you know, so every, I'm curious. I'm
0: curious, Neil, easy. did you have a list of recommendations for vendors or I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> <laughs> wow. they're, all, they're all sponsors Whoa. of the show. I can basically. say like
4: like yeah, I'm not, you know there's there are some there are some great vendors. I've said things before, like on my Twitter feed or something like that, where I'm like, you know, these guys seem to have their crap together or whatever, but um but yeah, I just feel like you know there are there are folks who get it and they have really talented people who are working on creating a solution. And those people are awesome. Um, but then there are other people who are just trying to ride this gravy train, you know, all the way to the station. And, and you just have to be aware of that. And we have to educate people that are, you know, to go out and look for the right things. And so, I don't know, that kind of stuff, like it, it gets my backup, you know, where it's like, well, that's clearly a piece of crap, you know, like why would, why would they buy that you know it's like well it was cheaper cheaper doesn't always mean better you know right. so
0: that's awesome we're going to have yeah. to have you on our other show enterprise security weekly cuz we talk <laughs> pretty much exclusively about that on that show
4: yeah. i'll talk to you i'll talk to you about vendors on that one then
0: <laughs> okay nice, there you nice. go yeah we very openly talk about yeah. vendors good or bad on that show yeah.
1: so so paul before, before grifter gets to make his exit i have a i have another question or i have a question that's not related okay. to so, ask your a
0: question, then I'll ask the five questions, and then yes, we'll call it <laughs> a
1: yes. night. So, maybe a little bit self serving on this one, um, but given the, you know, we talked about your involvement with the DEF Com and, CON and Black Hat and on the CFP review board, um, I'm wondering if you can give us some advice as to, a, a, aside from the stuff that we've potentially already seen out there, in your mind, what makes a good CFP response so that we can write better ones?
0: Okay, for that question.
4: Um, being thorough i think is just the biggest thing like i mean i'm going through the reviews for like the black hat usa show this year and i can't tell you how many times the comments from the review board members are well this looks good but i can't tell because there's not enough information here Mm. this is like research that if you spend you know eight months working on some research, like from the time the last show ends until the next U S show, do me a favor and spend more than eight minutes, like filling out the form. It's like, get spend actual time to, to fill it out. Like, give me a detailed outline. Like, what do you plan to talk about? Why is that important to the message that you're delivering? If your freaking bio is longer than your abstract, Like we're already. uh, (laughs) It's just. Wow. Fail. (laughs) It's true. So it's like. So if you're. If somebody spends more time trying to tell us. Why they should be on stage. Because of who they are. Versus what they're bringing to the table. Like that's. So much wrong. You immediately get annoyed with stuff like that. So like there was a lot of. Uh, you know, back and forth. I mean, like last year or two years ago about Def Con and how many women were speaking at Def Con and stuff like that. And I can tell you, like, as a review board member and from working with the other review board members, the last thing we look at is the name of the person who submitted it. Yeah, a lot
0: of a lot of conferences are going to like a blind review process where the people who are reviewing the talks don't get the person's name or bio. You just evaluate the talk.
4: I think that's. I I think that's. I get why they want to do that, but it also it can also come back and kind of mm-hmm. like bite you because what you're looking for is like, I mean, somebody can submit something and their everything looks great. And then you go look them up and they have like, you know, talks they've given are on YouTube or something like that. And you're just like, oh, wow, they're a terrible speaker. <laughs> you know like, <laughs> They're horrible. They to say is awesome. Maybe they should in you know, a white paper. Um, because they're really, really bad on stage, yeah, or they um, and this sucks, but I mean we're we're in the us but the Mary, there's a language barrier, yeah, sure, it's like their accent is so thick that you just can't understand what they're saying, and the technical terms are going right out the window and stuff, and so yeah, I think um, but yeah, just getting in there being detailed, and then having something novel, you know, like I know Defcon is very big on no war stories, um most social engineering talks will just get kick to the social engineering village because that's a great place for them to be mm-hmm. um, and they try to put you know more high tech stuff up on stage I gotcha that's good advice
0: uh, Neil you're ready to play five questions with sure.
1: security
4: weekly three words to describe yourself um, I'm going to use all three words just in a very short sentence and just say I'm so tired <laughs> if you were a serial killer what would be your weapon of choice Kindness.
0: If, ooh, ooh. Wow. if you wrote a book about yourself, what would the title be?
4: Um, that Oh, man. I didn't think of that one. Um, probably, I don't know, Information Security, The Real Long Con by Grifter, right? Nice. <laughs> I'd read that. Nice. That's awesome. In
0: the popular game of Ask Grabby Grabby, do you prefer to go first or second?
4: It's always second. got to escalate. It's escalate. <clears throat> escalate. I gotcha.
0: Choose two celebrities
1: to be your parents. Alive, dead, fictional, or otherwise.
4: Oh, wow. Um, I, Albert Einstein and Angelina Jolie. I'd like to see this. <laughs> got <Yeah! the> Angelina <laughs> Jolie. We haven't had
0: one in a while. We're laughing because the most popular answer to that question is Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie. I don't know why. We're <laughs> running some kind of social experiment to figure out why, I guess, but... I yes. think maybe secretly deep down we all have mommy issues
4: take Really good care of me Right and then Albert Einstein Can maybe teach me a thing or two I think it'd be awesome good. I'd love to just watch them decide Like what's for dinner I don't know I think the dynamic there would be pretty interesting.
0: <laughs> and she would come with you to your 801 Meetups uh, in Rollerblades which would be Awesome That's awesome <laughs> <laughs> so,
2: Larry Larry, I think deep down we have booby issues Well there's that. That.
0: there's that There's, too. there's that too uh, Neil thank you very much for appearing on Security Weekly. Nice chatting with you as always. I will, uh, I will see you at Black Hat. Sure, certainly. Right. And uh, look Great, forward guys, to that. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Neil. Have a good night. With that, we're going to take a short break. Come back and do our listener feedback segment. Woo. So stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. Black Hills Information Security, the leaders in penetration testing and active defense. Email consulting at blackhillsinfosec.com to request a quote today. Threat Connect is the industry's most widely adopted threat intelligence platform, built to unite the people, processes, and technologies across your security team, your organization, and your entire ecosystem of partners threat connect's threat intelligence platform enables your team to collaborate analyze and make sense of threat data all in one place empower your team towards fast and efficient analysis that leads to decisive action transform your entire threat detection and response program today claim your free account at threatconnect.com/securityweekly. forward slash security weekly overwhelmed when it comes time to choose which cigar to smoke confused by the differences between 60 Ring Gauge, Robusto, Corona, and Lancero? Do you yearn to try all the new cigars on the market, but need a guide to tell you where to start? Look no further than the Stogie Geek Show. Hosted by yours truly and Will Cooper, we've made it our mission to educate both new and experienced cigar smokers. Tune in for interviews with leaders in the cigar industry, how-to segments, and weekly cigar reviews. Visit stogiegeeks.com to subscribe to our podcast, watch the live show, and discover our video archives. Stogie Geeks. Geeks kicking ass. Welcome back, everyone, to Security Weekly. This is our listener feedback segment. Yay! We brought back listener feedback. What was the segment we used to do with Twitchy? Story time with Twitchy. <laughs> with the music that they also the used use on the... Ma- the Tampon commercial. Uh, it was Deuce. No? it was a, It was a... Feminine wash. Yes. We'll call it a feminine I'm calling it a feminine wash, not a douche. Douche nozzles. (laughs) It was was music from the the douche commercial.
1: Well, it wasn't actually music from the douche commercial. It was from
0: GarageBand. Exactly. And we used it first. We used it first, (laughs) and then... Those douche nozzles stole (laughs) the music from us. (laughs) It was story time with Twitchy. Twitchy. You know, we should put together a montage of audio. I should have one of the guys... Go back and pluck out every story time with Twitchy from the early episodes and <sighs> <laughs> release it as one episode because it was epic. Wow, epic. Oh.
1: Do we really do want to do. torture our listeners like that? <laughs> I kind of, I kind of do.
0: Throwback Thursday. Yeah, that would be an epic. Oh. Throwback. There would be Thursday. no video though, but still. Be no video, just audio. We just and put, it put random pictures of terrible, Nick. no matter what you did yeah, we it. We
1: just put pictures of random pictures of Nick and lolcats and. <laughs> Ponies and yeah.
0: lol. rainbows, lots and of lots of lol cats. Yeah. Yeah, of LOL. Of yeah. ah, <laughs>
1: this is my horse. My horse is amazing. Give it a That's lick. She... Tastes like raisins. Said... <laughs> <laughs> hey, so so we... this is listener
0: feedback. Can but an... wait, wait, we got somebody new on the line, don't we? Oh, Kevin is here. Not Kevin. Not Kevin. Not Kevin. Not Kevin.
5: Welcome, not Kevin. Yes, welcome, Kevin. How's it going, Kevin? We're going to do listener feedback. Are you ready? I am. I am ready. I'm more ready than I've ever been in my life.
0: An anonymous (laughs) listener has written in, and please send your listener feedback to psw at securityweekly.com. Anonymous writes in and says, I went back and watched your episode on responsible disclosure after I inadvertently found a vulnerability, and I've edited this so you couldn't figure out what it Uh was no uh matter what, found a vulnerability in store's website that allows you to access and modify the account details, name, address, phone, number, and email. The company was immediately notified, and I was essentially told... Thanks, but I'm being told I can't talk with you about this any further. I'm sorry, and that was the last you heard from the company. Hacker one had no information on the disclosure and have yet to fix the issue. His main questions are, if, number one, they don't fix it within the next few weeks, should he try and re-engage them? Two, if they still don't fix it, is there a safe way to disclose this vulnerability? Talk amongst yourselves.
6: Hmm.
0: Wow. So I thought
2: I thought I think I think uh, my esteemed leader, Mr. Strand, responded to this. He did. uh, (laughs) If I remember correctly. And um, it was something along the lines of go big. Uh, But. um, Yeah, I'm I'm not so sure how to deal with it. I I dealt with a similar situation myself uh recently uh and we kind of went pretty loud. Uh it was actually uh involving a zero day kind of thing. And Yeah um,
0: you you did a webcast on the Security Weekly Network and announced it. We did, but after we
2: waited for over ninety days and we tried to engage Hacker One in that period of time to do a responsible disclosure process. So we did our due diligence and we tried our hardest Um, via HackerOne to to do the right thing. So I I think 90 days is a pretty good um, number uh, to to adopt in terms of responsible disclosure process. After that, um, well, this was kind of John Strand's call, and we went big, and we went with a webcast, um, and we got a lot of response fairly quickly from vendor in question. Uh, but not in a hostile way. It yeah, was, um... well,
0: because that's the, that's the the thing, Joff, right? Is that after yeah. you release it, no matter how responsible you've been up to that point, once you release it, the response from the organization that has the vulnerability can really go one of two ways. It's either after you release it, you're sitting quietly in your home drinking your gin and... Ninja lawyers are propelling. Uh, Josh Wright always gave this visual to me. Ninja lawyers are propelling down from ropes from helicopters above mm-hmm. your house. you yeah, exactly. papers, And they're suing you into oblivion. I guess it can go one of three ways. Or they take their ninja lawyers to federal agencies and FBI is blown through your door and you're getting arrested. Or it can happen where the company's like, oh, yeah, you know what? Since you talked about it a lot, we'll just fix it. Right. Those are not options uh, I'm comfortable with. By the way, the first two are really bad. Like federal prison is the worst possible scenario in my Mm -hmm, mind. mm -hmm. Ninja loyals are the second worst possible scenario. The best possible scenario is that they fix it,
1: and that's a 33 percent chance. Yeah, that's not good odds. uh,
3: Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure it's an equal distribution. But but so here
2: here's the question. Oh no no no! Wait wait a second, Santa Colangelo. I (laughs) actually. Was seriously nervous. I'll, I'll be dead honest. I was seriously nervous when we went public with this one, and I actually spoke with John. I was like, "Look, are you sure you want to do this? Uh, because it is a serious concern. I mean, people can throw armies of lawyers at you. I wasn't
3: downplaying that. I was actually just suggesting that it's a, it's not an equal distribution of a third, a third, a third. Right? It's uh, not. Okay. It's not I, an I equal.
0: Yeah, it's not an equal chance. Like mm-hmm. all three of those are not an equal chance. It's probably." Michael, would you agree it's more likely that the company just fixes it rather than Ninja Lawyers or no. federal prison?
3: No. Well, I, look, I think, it de- I think it depends on a number of things, and this is actually – a, that's a good lead into the point. The point slash question I was going to make, one of the things I've been looking at, like when we talk about straight talk and, and we start talking about this, there's this what I, I call the distorted field of view. So, so I see this. I go, it's a disclosure, and I can do these – I can get these four things. They got to fix that. Now, if I step back from that and I go, all right, let's pretend I don't know anything about this industry, but I'm a, I'm a leader, right? So I'm, I'm the executive. I'm on the board. What does that actually mean uh, relative to, to now, right? Because ideally their field of view is bigger. What do they see? And in terms of the priorities of things that they need to fix in order to keep their company solvent and make payroll – where does that rank out of, I don't know, the top 100 things? Yeah. Is it in the top third, the bottom third, somewhere in the middle? How how much effort and time does it actually take to fix? Do they have the ability to fix it themselves, or is that somebody else they need to do? What is it? We've all been involved. I mean, gosh, we're all old enough. We've been involved with situations where you're like, wait, I can't patch that server. Why? Oh, because that would blow up all this other stuff that's completely dependent on it, and that's how we make money. So, you know, it's I think the way that somebody responds to it is probably a combination of, um, you know, th- their their outlook on life, right? Some people are just like screw you, I'm going to sue your ass and make you bleed. Uh, I think some people get legitimately freaked over it and they're worried about potential liability, so they're going to come at you and they're going to, you know, they they know somebody at the FBI or you know they they know somebody at the Attorney General's office and, and they're going to throw something at you. Um, uh, you know, and then I think there are some companies and, you know, you, we've talked about this before and I'm starting to see this more with what I would call more of like the startup style companies that go, yeah, you're right. Cool. Awesome. All right. Well, we're going to fix it and we're going to learn from it because that's important to us and you're important to us and we'd like to see it. And I think we'll see more of that. I'd like to see more of that, but see, like, even at this one, like, cause I'm reading this and you guys said, well, 90 days is reasonable. And all I thought was, yeah, I guess, um, I don't, but I don't completely understand what it would take to fix that properly and and run it through a test cycle. And based on whatever else they have on their schedule, show me a company today that doesn't have more stuff to get done than they have time to do, less resources than they'd like in order to get it done. And something like this comes in. So, you know, I I think that's the nuance that we need to both be more mindful of
2: and start to sort out. Yeah, I mean mean, the flip. Can I mention the flip side, though? Having been Please. in this, yeah, having been in this position personally. After, in fact, over 90 days went by. I kind of felt bad because I knew I had customers that were using yeah. the product in question. Okay. That's a good point. And I was like, I know this is broken, and I can't tell anybody right now. <sighs> and and it really bothered me, yeah. right? That's fair. And I had done the work. I had done the research. And I had decided that this was a significant issue and it's a, it's a conscience issue, right? It's a, you know, this thing is broken. Um, And I think a lot more companies, software companies need to recognize that other side of it to say, look, the security researchers are honestly doing their work and they probably come across this as part of a regular gig, just like I did. That may not even be the main stream of what they're doing, but has become discovered as part of this, and they they feel morally obligated to do yeah, I something think it's a, about I it. I think it's a great point. And 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 as
3: as as this listener is asking here, I mean, do I reengage? What what what's the right strategy here? And and, and that's that's a dilemma. I mean, there's there's no question about that in terms of how we look at it. All, all I'm adding into it is, you know, there is another side to this. Now, granted. Some companies, you know, they're run by jackasses and they don't care about any of this type of stuff and, and stay out of their way. That's not what we want either, right? There's there's hopefully some happy ground in the middle to it all uh, that we need to kind of figure that out. And I guess what I don't see yet enough of is where we get to say, OK, this is what I see. And somebody else says, oh, cool. Yep. OK, well, we're going to, you know, instead of just going, we're going to handle it. Thanks. They actually get that chance to say, it's going to take a little bit of time. Here's what we can do: like we need to come to some level of understanding because uh, otherwise, th- this is going to continue to degrade and get ugly. So in this case, uh, we're talking about name, address, phone number, email. What, would you re-engage with them? Would you follow up and say, "Hey guys, it's been like 90 days. I, I know you said you couldn't talk to me. Can are you are you addressing it? Is it is it like what would you, would you go back to them or do you're like, "Hey man, you told me to f off." All right, let's
2: go public. Um, I, I personally, uh, my gut feeling is to is to try and reengage mm-hmm, after mm-hmm. that period is is over. Um, depending on how you, what road you went down first, I am a supporter of these intermediaries. I I, I like yeah. the idea. Yeah. I, li- I really like the idea that, that of Hacker One and and, and similar entities.
0: Um, U.S. However, U.S.
1: Cert or. Any of those. Well, I think a lot... I
0: mean, what if this is a relatively small website? I mean, compared to Facebook, right? There's a lot of websites that even when you compare to... Someone mentioned Tumblr. Uh Right? Like, there's a a hierarchy of websites on the internet. Like, you find a vulnerability in Facebook. They have their own bug bounty program, like... Dude, they, they take security very seriously. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right, But right. as you work down the chain, and I'm not saying the size of the company determines how secure, uh, seriously they take security, but you get in some of these smaller websites that are smaller than Facebook is my only thing I'm comparing it to, right? They're, they're not going to have their own bug bounty program. HackerOne, US Sort, whoever it is, maybe isn't going to broker that deal because they've got so much other stuff going on. And right. I feel like these smaller <laughs> companies' websites kind of get lost in the in the shuffle that they're left to deal with the security researcher, and the security researcher is left to deal with them on their own. And it leaves people like Anonymous who wrote in, like, "What do I do?" And and I don't think there's a, a, a I don't think we have a definitive answer without knowing mm-hmm. all of the circumstances, um, knowing the you nature. Know, you na- you got. to... Um, I'm not disclosing the nature of the website he found the vulnerability in, but I yep. can say that does play into mm-hmm. this whole thing. Yeah, yep. not and,
1: fair. And, and uh, I think if Joff has got his thought finished, I want to throw in my two cents worth. Oh,
2: I, just, I, I was just going to say uh, the other thing that I think that goes a long way is to step away from email. And if you're dealing with a smaller entity, track down the person that's responsible and make a phone call. That's a great if, point. Yeah. You'd be surprised. <clears throat> At how much just a one-on-one yes. conversation that actually communicates a little bit of emotion to you know just to say, look, I'm a security researcher. I found this. This is really concerning to me, and this is why. Are you aware? And just have that conversation. Yeah.
1: Hey, and, uh, and, hey,
2: I can send you more details.
3: Yeah, right. exactly. <clears throat>
2: I mean, just and also communicate that that you're not after them. Like this is not right. a malicious.
3: Like, I, thing. I was going to say there's two points there, Larry. I know you got a point to make, but yep, I just no, want no. I want to put a finer point on two things Josh just said. You know, at the, it, we seem sometimes to forget that on the other end or on the other side is a person, right? So you're a person, they're a person, and we, we forget that fast. What Job's suggesting is just remind them you're a person and, and let them understand that. And then, as you both suggested, and give them some more details. Yeah, right? Fill out your field of view for them. I see this. This concerns me for these reasons. It looks like it could create this kind of a problem which would be both a problem for your customers and for, you know, the industry or your a bottom line or whatever else. And I just kind of wanted to, you know, share that with you. There's some other details I can provide you, etc.? That's useful as opposed to, you know, you guys got 90 days to fix this and I'm going public. I already got the logo picked out. I got grab I got a theme, theme
0: song. song. Yeah, It's loaded
3: up, baby. Like,
0: well, you know, here here's the compelling statement is you have to say to the company, mm-hmm. I'm willing to work with you. On a reasonable timetable to give you ample time to fix this problem. Thanks, Paul. And, and, and yeah. is that to the point? Yeah, you're really yeah. no. And, well, that, and that's, that's a lot of what Josh Wright has exactly. found. A numerous and, and, and that's yep. what he said too. He's like, dude, I, I've he's been at this point where this person is, and he's able to communicate with the company. And, and the companies yeah, Josh sure. was dealing with were, I think, more uh, um, accepting to this. Mm-hmm. And Josh was like, okay, I'll give you another ninety days. Yep. Like, and so, let, so let's work with another ninety days. But then Josh has found. But I'm using Josh as an example because yeah. he described all these scenarios oh, to me. Yeah. Like he's like, but then the 90 days come up for the second time, or the you know 30 days come up for the second time, and they're like, eh, we need another 60 days, and like before you know it, like a whole year's gone Goodbye. by, and you're just wondering, like, all right, who else has found this vulnerability and is doing heinous things to yeah. your customers? <clears throat> yeah. Well,
1: so you know, uh, so that's that's exactly the you know that's the the methodology that I've always gone by is the one that Josh instilled mm. in me, and that right. I teach to people at Sands is yeah. that if you're gonna notify the company, my advice would be to re engage. Make sure you're reengaging with the right people. Maybe you need to engage with multiple and you you need to be the one that's in control of the situation. Correct. It's, you need to draw the line in the sand, but don't be a dick. Mm. Don't be a dick, yeah. Don't be exactly. a dick. So hey hey guys, you know, I found this thing and, you know, I'd really like to see you protect your customers. Um you know, it'd be it'd be shame if someone else found this and didn't tell you about it. Um. Yeah. I, I, and, you know. I'm and, here. I'm and, here. I'm and, here to actually, do the right. I'm here to do the right thing. And I'd like to. You know. Maybe talk about this. I'd like to send a CFP to DerbyCon, which is in November. Their CFP closes in you know sixty days. Um. You know. Uh. This is sort of what I'd like to see happen. What do you think? I'm happy to exchange more details. Um. Send me PGP keys and so forth and so on. And they come back yeah, and yeah. they're like, Oh, you're going to go public with this? Well. I'd like to go public with it. After you fix it. 60 to 90 days, but I want to give you 60 to 90 days to potentially fix it. Oh, well, we need more time than that. I'm like, well, okay, good. So maybe not DerbyCon. Maybe besides Boston or besides Amsterdam in December. Will that give you enough time? Yeah, I think that'll give us enough time. All right, CFP is here so forth and so on. You agree on some timelines when yeah. you want to go public and be willing to redraw that line in the sand. And I th- and I take this out of the going to buy a new car methodology. Mm-hmm. When you go to buy a new car, there's a the the thing that I've always been told is that you can go and sit down at the dealership and they give you the price and you go, "No, too high." And they go back and, you know, make you wait. And they go to the wizard. Out. They go to the wizard and they come back with a lower price and you say, "Still too high." And that sales guy is willing to go back to the wizard, to the wizard three times. Right. The third time is th- that's it. So the game's that, over. Th- that's my thing. Your game's over. You go back to the wizard. You go back to that's, me. It's good Three, time, three have- times. Um, and on the third time, you say, "Great, this is the, this is that's it. That's as much as I can do." Right. And you, you need to be willing to draw the line in the sand, let them jump over it, draw a new line in the sand, and then finally, that third time is like. Look, guys, this is enough. This is enough. This is the date. I've given you more than enough time to fix it. Document what... all of that. Absolutely. Obviously. Absolutely. Documentation well, is
2: key. And, and if, I, if I may make one more point, also in those conversations, point out to the vendor in question what the security risk and uh, – well, actually, not, not so much security risk. Point out the the actual business risk the to impact. them, the impact to them if they don't address the situation. I mean, and if they're thinking about it and it has long-term revenue impact, uh, long-term business continuity impact, they're going to fix it. Mm -hmm. But it's important that you point that out. It's like this is not just a minor thing, and in most cases it's not. This is a serious situation that has long-term business and revenue impact to you and actually spell it out to them. If you're thinking on those levels, um, you'll have a much better experience,
0: I think.
1: Paul, we got time for Kevin to weigh in on this one real quick? Yes,
0: we do, because I'm going to yeah. skip the second one. We're going to do I stories, think.
5: so save that yeah, one for next week.
0: To play, to
5: play devil's advocate on this just real quick, the, the don't be a dick also has to apply to the submitter. I mean, we've heard so many horrible stories about security breachers kind of just taking it a little too over the line. Where oh, yeah. They concept. They've actually done something. They've got a shell on a server they're not supposed to touch. So you have to also think about... You know, you may have found this, but you also need to prove to them you haven't actually caused harm. And you need to start thinking about: Hey, there is a problem. Um, don't act on it. Show that there is a problem, but don't take the next step where they could be legitimately calling in a lawyer because you did impact their business. I agree. Here, here, here. It's, and it's, it's, and
1: yeah, Kevin, that definitely that don't be a dick is was directed to the submitter, and yeah, that's it's some interesting clarification and some well deserved clarification on the don't be a dick.
5: And I think it's just—it's more of a generalized statement because what we're playing with is a real legal gray area. Is mean, unsolicited research that could ha- expose problems. And if you're—I'm I mean, not talking to the specific submitter of this email. Sure. It's more of just a generalized statement that if you're going out there and you're using a website and you find something, you know, you have to start thinking about if you take the next step, you could be breaking the law. Yep, you know, forget so- full disclosure and all. This is—you know—this is a you know, law. So yep. when that lawyer turns right around.
1: Yeah, I'm sorry that my name is Little Bobby Tables, but you know, it's my not the name my parents gave me. I mean, sorry, <laughs> Ta- drop tables. I mean, whoops. Sorry, my Chrome, yeah, auto-f- I- my Chrome <laughs> autofill settings. I mean, I, uh, I don't know what happened.
3: <laughs> you know what? I, I hope we continue to dis- discuss this because the, the the big thing I took out of this is that. We're we're all human. Uh, people look at it in different ways, and really, at its core, is going to be the ability to come to some understanding more quickly. Uh, you know that that they look. You're not going to be a dick. I'm not going to be a dick. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about what's realistic and, and where we go. You know, it, and so I, yeah, I think there's a lot of really cool opportunities here. Um, I hope we get to talk about this again. And anonymous, let us know how it goes. Awesome. Yeah,
0: please stay. With that, we're gonna take a short break, come back, and talk about the security news for this week, so stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. Tenable Network Security, creators of Nessus, the world's best vulnerability scanner. Jumpstart your security program today and evaluate Security Center CV, the continuous monitoring solution. For more information, visit them on the web at tenable.com. ProXPN is the leading VPN service offering free accounts, excellent premium features, and an outstanding commitment to privacy and security online. Use the discount code weekly and save 50% off for life. NetSparker are the developers of desktop and cloud-based web application security scanners that enable you to automatically identify vulnerabilities in your web applications and web services. NetSparker scanners employ a unique and dead-accurate vulnerability scanning engine that automatically verifies vulnerabilities with a proof of concept. For more information, visit them on the web at netsparker.com or email them at contact at netsparker.com. Welcome back, everyone, to Security Weekly. This is the security news for this week. Week we've got lots of really fun stories to talk yeah. about. As always, and again, typical oh, yeah. lots of overlap. Between a lot of the typical, a lot of typical stuff in yeah, here. And, yeah, and a lot, again, you and I with lots of overlap. Absolutely. Microsoft what disables cost? Wi-Fi Sense on Windows 10. Did we talk about
1: this last week? We didn't. We did. I think you had it, in, but we didn't talk about it. We didn't about talk it.
0: about it. That's why yeah. I added it again. I thought so.
1: And thank fucking God. Did we talk about actually, how much We've, it, ta- uh, we've, uh, <clears throat> we've talked about it in the past and how dumb of an idea was. Train
0: wreck.
1: Yes, complete train wreck. I, I'd, I'd like to see them do more than disable it. I'd like to take them, have them take the feature out completely. So you can still d- enable it if you want to. Yeah, it's just a
0: dumb it's idea. It's disabled by default now. Just dumb idea. Don't do it. Dumb. It says it. <clears throat> no, they did not remove it. We have removed the Wi-Fi Sense feature that allows you to share Wi-Fi networks with your contacts and to be automatically connected to networks shared by your contacts. Well,
2: thank God for that. Says
0: a corporate vice president of Microsoft's engineering systems team, Gabe Aul. Aul. Was
2: was he wearing a red shirt?
0: (laughs) (laughs) He's going to be the first to die. Maybe it was his team that came up with it. Maybe. Thank God.
1: Oh, that was, yeah. I mean, thank I'm, God I, for that. I'm, it, you, the sad part is it wasn't around long enough for anybody to really find anything good vulnerabilities in the whole process. Or maybe they did and they just didn't share it. Yeah, I, isn't, isn't that I, one I, of re- those things. I read, that as as, as this, I read that as just I haven't had the time to go look at it yet.
2: <laughs> no, I, I was just about to say it's one of those things as a pentester so that you have this good and bad feeling about it at the same time. Like if you're being a customer advocate, you're like, oh, thank God. But if you're being a pen tester, you're like, oh, man, I haven't had time to actually really hack into that crap yet. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. I, I feel you, D- Double-edged
0: sword. Double-edged sword. Yeah. just <clears throat> sword. Uh, what else we got? Tesla Crypt. Yeah, we have both had that oh, one. Yeah. I thought it was something to do with the car. It has nothing to do with the car. it Turns nope. out, nope. It's ransomware.
1: It's ransomware, and the, uh, the, the I so Tesla Crypt. Uh, they basically are going, going out of business, and for all those people that get Tesla Crypt, they but it's
0: such a profitable business for attackers. Why like, yeah. are they going out of business? I don't know. They must really suck at business.
1: <laughs> Maybe, <laughs> but uh, so they released the master decryption <laughs> key. So
0: they released it.
1: They did. Yeah. No, they didn't have we, it done for them. They released their own master decryption key. Basically, it was sorry. It's um, yeah, we, so weird.
0: We, Why would you do that?
1: So, it's, it's kind of interesting. And from what I gather, gathered from the article, it wasn't so much they went out of business as that they kind of merged groups with you know, merger and acquisition within the, the malware industry. Um, they sort of just moved all of their efforts into developing these other platforms that were newer.
2: Uh, so does that mean the encryption key is actually going to work? Yeah, my, sure. the decryption key. But
1: my understanding is that uh, it does. It does.
2: Wow. Well, that's an interesting turn of events, mm-hmm. isn't it? Mm-hmm.
1: Hmm. Now they didn't give you um, the. They didn't say, "Well, here's a tool to decrypt your stuff," but here's the key. And allegedly, there's some. They they did release some code, and I saw that there was something along the lines from uh, Ben Jackson had retweeted something. Something about along the lines of that there was like some backdoor type stuff in some of the code and and yeah, it was totally um oh, anti anti sandbox trick in Ah, Tesla. Which is new, something we hadn't seen before. So the code is out there apparently and You can now write your own decryption tools. It's just a matter of someone writing a decryption tool and charging money
5: for it. Wait, what? I believe a decryption tool is already out by ESET. Nice.
2: Perfect. Excellent.
0: Um, The LinkedIn breach got some press. Apparently, 117 million new logins are for sale.
1: Yep, and this came out of the uh, alleged zombie thing from 2012. That they released 6.5 million saying, LinkedIn, you're a bunch of tools, and held on to another 717 million login credentials, and are now just releasing those, uh, selling, or so selling those. hints
2: for the listeners, go change your LinkedIn
1: password. Yes, Serious. because they're saying <laughs> that so many of the passwords and the credentials are still valid Yeah, four years later.
0: Apparently, right. people haven't heeded the warning that you need to change your LinkedIn password.
1: Yeah, well, so the warning was in the quote community that you need to change yourself. LinkedIn only forced change to 6.5 million users. Force changed.
0: Force changed. They didn't
1: do everything. Did
0: but they notified people. They, uh, Did they notify
1: people? I don't remember. Because it was I mean, it I changed was four uh, years I, ago. I I four it years changed.
0: ago. They did notify people. I got a notification. I believe I they did. Yeah, I believe they did.
1: But they only forced change 6.5 million users, the ones that had been disclosed, and they didn't force everyone. That is correct. Correct. Yeah. Great. Because they didn't want, they certain didn't want to Only people were forced. Right. They didn't want to impact their entire customer base. Well, turns out. Poo-poo on them. Yep. They probably should have. It's like when you drop, you know, TGT tickets.
0: Yeah, like you should make change everyone your, make everyone in the domain. You should and, change your password yeah, cha- and change I'll your i get to test. that
2: eventually and oh. apparently. Uh, but the bigger impact, of course, is if you share
6: mm-hmm. passwords
2: across platforms,
6: mm-hmm.
2: even on uh, on the basis of uh, perceived equal security risk, you've got to change that same password across all the platforms because, hey, just stating the
0: obvious. i mean, Mr. Obvious here for a minute. Yep,
1: Absolutely. Absolutely, um,
0: we need to do the podcast at the bar when it's just me and you next time. Yeah, because I could use another drink. But it, the bar is right. It, it's, right it's it's right. right where, it, it's right there. Right, it's right. Where's where's our bartender? It's right there. You asked a bartender I, for I one. Was, it's right there. Feeling good.
1: You, you can have some of my gin and. No, you don't want that soda. No, I, I really want an old fashioned or something. Yeah, where, where's right Keith? There. We where's could Keith? Be, we could be mixing You're, drinks while we talk.
0: Well, we're supposed to be doing a. No. We are doing a show. I could do a show and make a drink at the same time. We
1: could. In fact, we should do a show about...
2: We should do a show drinks. about making drinks. drinks.
0: That would be awesome, too.
2: Wait, wait, wait. Only only Apollo <laughs> and Jack have those special
1: talents. <laughs>
0: no, I don't no, think no, no, no. Really. Nice. See, they, they,
1: yeah, absolutely, they need to be involved. Um, <laughs> but a, that could, um,
0: yeah. a patched vulnerability in Ubiquity Network's gear... What? <laughs> this is
1: this is this is a man who doesn't give a fuck. This is a live produ-
5: <laughs>
1: live production going on like, here. Man needs a drink. <laughs> man needs a drink. Right?
0: Ubiquity. Ubiquity had uh, fixed a problem with their routers, and I'm I'm trying. I could, I read this article, and it really doesn't exactly explain what the vulnerability is, although. <laughs> Further research on my part after this article... Well,
1: well clearly from the screenshot, it's grep-i, um, date, LS mod.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's like total Hollywood hacking description. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yes. How that- did you hack into the system, grep-i,
1: date, LS mod? <laughs> that, was, that was totally me on the 60-minute... The Interview that I did, yes. Like they needed me typing stuff Stubbing on the screen, stuff. yeah. Yes. So I was doing I'm ls-la hacking. and changing directories and doing it again, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and or, or catting or some files
0: strings, right? Yeah, exactly. strings, <laughs> strings String works is pretty good. Well.
1: Yep, absolutely.
0: But in this article, they reference and what is the terminology they use? It's not foul language. They said that the malware is is cause it uses. Profane. profane, profane. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you, Kevin. They use profane language. So after I read that, I'm like, now I gotta know what profane language they use. Apparently, they set the uh, root equivalent <coughs> username to mother, and the password to guess what? Uh-huh. Uh huh. Fucker. To to a hockey puck. Yes. So now you yeah. know what
1: the password is, right? All right. If you can't. Log but you apparently, the all this stuff.
0: all this worm does is reset to factory defaults and then change the username and password. So it's essentially like a denial of service worm. Yeah, that's kind of boring. But- yeah. <laughs> okay, It's kind of lame. But apparently they fixed this vulnerability a year ago. And a year later, the worm comes out.
1: Well, that, that's perfectly <laughs> valid because if you think about this, the ubiquity devices are embedded. IoT well, the, type Ub- devices, ubiquity,
0: and... and I love ubiquity products. By the absolutely. way, absolutely. Ubiquity qu- uh, released the patch quietly in 2015 for a vulnerability that was found through the company's bug bounty program.
1: Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh huh. But now, I would argue, how many releases have there been since then, and how many people don't upgrade their shit because if it's not broken, don't fix it.
0: But I wonder, oh. uh, it did wow. the, did yeah. the customers
5: understand the impact? Probably. If, not. It quietly, yeah, they, called, if it was quietly, they quietly release it. I'm assuming they didn't know about it. Yeah. Right, yep.
1: Uh, and yeah. now that's uh, it. Uh, uh, I, 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 love uh, uh, ubiquity stuff, and I've t- t- used ubiquity t- 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 stuff for t- t- years. T- 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 it's, it's
2: ubiquity. I think it's uh, t- t- potentially a ubiquitous impact.
1: Mm. <laughs> wow. wow. Uh, I, uh, I see what you did there. That's one of those uh, also- uh, yeah. So uh, you know how, Paul, you think about how long we've used some of these ubiquity products. You remember when we were starting to do this podcast and we were doing Wi-Fi stuff? Yeah. And in order to do Wi-Fi attacks, you needed like a dozen different wireless adapters. You had that... Yeah. Wi-Fi attack bandolier because you had all the wireless attack <laughs> cards. Ubiquity, one of the ubiquity cards was one of the sexiest cards to have for some of these attacks because they do so many together.
0: Now, the only reason I put this next story in here that says skin track turns your arm into a touchpad, and here's how it works. Sadly, it has nothing to do with pornography. Ugh. Oh, but so that it, it you wanted can, it too, didn't? Okay, can you turn I, I did. Your, you, you I know, was like, skin track. That's awesome. I can track all of my porn. This is
1: great. So, so now my question is: We can maybe turn that into if your penis is big enough, can you in fact turn your penis into a touchpad?
0: Um, every day. No co- <laughs> okay. <laughs> wait, comment. Okay. Comment every day. Wait, 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 <laughs> wait. So to to to, to 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 quote
1: a line from the article: Tilting and twisting the bezel lets people control the watch like a joystick. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> gingity, wow. Gingity. Wow. No, it's like a watch I, I, and then that, like, I was going to say, I
1: think I did that twice this morning <laughs> So it's like a cock ring
0: <laughs> No, it's not It's like a watch that you wear on your arm And then you can draw on your oh. arm like that And it controls the touch screen So that when you're gaming Your finger doesn't gotcha. get in the way of the screen That's not where I was wearing it I'm sorry, I don't I It think- doesn't help you with porn because if you're drawing what? on your arm, your arm can't be moving at the same time.
1: Well that's why you draw on the arm. Like <laughs> scroll, scroll faster. Scroll. <laughs>
0: uh, There's our technology. Wait. It automatically <sighs> scrolls as you do that. <laughs> Does it
1: so if you if you can remap so when it scrolls that the video fast forwards a little bit? Yes. I mean
0: Wow, that had absolutely nothing to do with security. Nope. Okay. So, but it was so, fun. so speaking, but it was fun. so <laughs> it was a fun story to talk about. So, so a little
1: bit on that line. Uh, one of the stories that I put in was my story number five. Oh, oh boy! The quote blank Amazon dash button. So, have you seen these? <clears throat> so, no. the Amazon dash button. They basically will ship you a button. And it's a button that you like put over your washing machine and if you need to order Tide Detergent, you're out of Tide Detergent, no. you press the button and it orders Tide for you through your Amazon account, you get it two days later.
0: Yeah, but what? Oh, I love that. But I what like happens that. when someone else <laughs> pushes the
1: button? Though. Exactly, you get a thing Thank of Tide. You. So a bunch of folks took these buttons and you like completely hacked them and decoupled them from the Amazon API so you can use them for whatever, the, that. whatever you want. <laughs> And Amazon is like, well, hey, there's a market here. Let's just sell the cool, sell the button, sell the blank devices, like very much Futurama, in that you you take your robot and you put it in the machine, and out comes Lucy Lou type of thing. So you <clears throat> put the blank button in, and you can make it do whatever you want, and you have to do some programming for the. the oh, I see. So API. it's a,
0: a product specific button.
1: Yes, it's product specific.
0: Well, released- Amazon's original
2: intent. So right. wait, wait, wait. Let me get this right. So we can literally walk into an organization. With a button labeled easy and give it to said administrative assistant of choice right. or well, staff, if, if staffer easy, of choice. If easy was a product. And, fit, and mm. fish them on the spot. And in fact, have them press the button in front of us
0: to fish them on the spot. Well, that might no, so, be I love the, it. The button is product specific, Joff. So it wouldn't well, be an easy button. It would be you push this button. And more paper. It's like the paper towel button, right? Yeah. It's above the paper towels in the supply closet. And when you run out of paper towels, you push the button. The button's programmed to order more paper towels from Amazon, right, yeah. if I get the use but, case. But, yeah. but we can extend
1: that to whatever we want. Sure, so. sure. And and now yeah. it's even better because Amazon is really releasing pro- non-product-specific buttons. I mean, you can use it for whatever you want. To make it do all sorts of actions, is but,
0: it, is it but, Wi-Fi? A Wi-Fi button. This is essentially a yeah, Wi-Fi essentially button. Essentially,
1: Wi-Fi button. If I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. And, hey, Larry, and have the, you ordered one yet? I have <laughs> not, and I need to. The the only thing that I see that is they a they show
0: someone pushing the button and then it cuts to a screen of an atomic bomb going. Off. Yeah, because you can oh. repurpose it now. Use it with your Amazon Echo. So basically, you, it's H, it's a, a Wi Fi thing that can send an HTTP request, essentially or whatever, probably whatever you want. Yeah. But I mean, it's, that's it's an a- API in Amazon's. Request, right? Yeah, in Amazon's case, it's it, basically HTTP. In their yep. case, an API request. When I push it, it, does it orders more Tide. Yeah. And, or right. and it orders. It's similar with Domino's. You can order. Dominoes. Yeah, you have a pizza button pizza
1: and Red Bull button, I mean, or pizza or pizza button and Red Bull button. Now, the intent is with this blank button is that you can tie it to potentially whatever API you want. You press this and something happens.
0: Like, right. through an API. Co- connect
1: it to your smart things and have it turn all the lights off in your house.
0: Yes. I like that. Yeah. Nice. Yeah,
1: now, the
0: buttons for we have software that interfaces with a bunch of apis that publishes the podcast i totally want to come in on friday morning yeah. and push the publish podcast button yes <laughs> just magically Yaw. happen in the podcast yeah. yeah. that'd be awesome yes. i'd make a video every day and you'd like strutting into music and like pushing the button you should we, we should that'd be we should
1: awesome. we should now
0: the the thing that i think
1: that's kind of interesting is it's a blank button they realized oh shit people are hacking these things for using for other things Let's just we sell it. we want in there on that market, yeah, and they charge a premium. For oh, the, do they? Yeah.
0: So the uh, the it's standard twenty bucks.
1: The standard dash buttons are either free or
0: very like inexpensive, five bucks. Yeah, or you know, like the usual. Yeah, they say the ones that you can program are twenty versus five.
1: Yep. And you know what? That's the that's the quote Linksys WRT54GL yes. vert, which you know. I had a story on. Yep. So that's uh that's kind of interesting. And quite honestly, I need to order one okay. and I need to figure this stuff out. Um, but I just haven't had enough time for personal projects. But I would imagine that... And it's summertime, <coughs> so I go outside instead of in the basement. I wonder how the button
0: works for Amazon, imagine though. That. It must have your your credentials or an access token.
1: Right? Mm. You know, I haven't, I haven't looked at the Dash I mean, stuff. And because to order
0: something on Amazon, I even if one click is... Tr- like, I have to be signed in. Yep. There, there's a, yeah. There's
1: been a bunch of folks that have done a ton of research into the Dash mm. buttons, and and it's out there, so... A little reading would probably tell us a whole bunch, but I just haven't had the time to look yeah, at it. We
0: don't actually read stories here. We just talk about it. Right. Well,
3: you know, I'll <laughs> tell you the thing The thing that's not clear from this yet, but as I've been sitting back listening, that I think is fascinating is that they said, oh, you guys are going to hack this? All right, cool. We'll just give it to you. I mean, yeah, they're charging a premium for it. So yeah, but even $20, $20 is not
1: $200 right. is
0: a premium. $20 right. is not.
1: You think, you think about the business model behind that is if they give you the button for 5 bucks at a you know highly subsidized rate for Tied right, because you're going to buy or, more Tide by pushing they, the button. Right, and they're going to my kids going to push the button 800
0: times. I'm going to have Tide for everyone. <laughs> right, right, and, and then you take the button. In and you throw the Oprah it. of
3: Tide. That's I mean. so.
1: Tide for right. everyone. And, and, and in the and in the apocalypse, you've got an awesome exchange good. Well, yes. and I'll,
3: I'll tell you what I think is going
1: to be fascinating is um, what we see people
3: do with this. Like, I mean, yeah. so. Because you know, I look at startups now. I, I think th- this is just brilliant on a lot of levels. Unintended consequences and intended consequences. Yes, they embrace something, they're running mm-hmm. with it. That's cool. Now I can't wait to see what people do with it. We already talked about makerspaces on the show today. I can't wait to pull this apart and see what people are doing with it. But yes. like, I look at this and I go,
0: "This is this is actually pretty cool." Dare way, I man. dare I ask what the button next to your bed orders? <laughs>
3: My bed? I thought Hookers. we weren't going to talk about that. Hookers.
0: 55 gallon drums of lube! <laughs> 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 oh my god. Oh, I, we need so one we in the studio. On. We're on a lube. Push the button. Some, some,
1: and you <laughs> can get it from Amazon. <laughs> That's right. Some, someone <laughs> posted on to Twitter today a uh, semi-trailer and it was F-U-C-H-S lubricant. As a tractor trailer truck labeled fucks lubricant. and someone else replied they said i got one a year supply clearly they underestimated
3: (laughs) here's the thing though too when we when we talk about hacking and and using these buttons and doing stuff with it i want to see the stories of people doing good stuff i want to see somebody who says hey i figured out how to solve a cool problem i'm a security person and i figured out how to do something that's useful for us i mean obviously Publishing the podcast by pressing a button would, in fact, be pretty useful. Uh, but like we, we, we were talking before about disclosure. We were talking before about how do we show people that we're not monsters. And one of the things that I've noticed when we look at the media is if there's a story of uh, – it's good. It's like the parents came together to make sure that the kid on the insulin pump could go be part like everybody else. Cool. As we see more things like this come out – a lot of times in security, we're quick to point out all the negatives, all the downside, everything that's broken about it, and why the world's just horrible. We have a real opportunity using this button or anything else. A- anyway, if you've got something that you've done that makes other people's lives better, you know, let us know because I-, I think that's the kind of thing
2: too that yeah. we should talk about more
3: often. Oh, hey, yeah. hey
2: I've, got, oh. I've, I've got it. I've in response to Michael' his comment, which I completely respect. It's, I want a button with the graphic logo of CISO Parachute on it. And uh, (laughs) we're we're good to go. Okay? The CISO Parachute. CISO Parachute, as soon as I push it. Good. And and I'll even put the word golden on there, so it
3: automatically updates their their LinkedIn profile using one of their compromised passwords. I'm guessing yeah. throws
2: out throws out thousands of resumes yeah. and gives them a payoff as they yeah. quit. And you,
1: and, and, oh, you
2: and you know what I found? I, more, I, more like for the children, so the terrorists don't win. But I think that's a good start. And,
3: and, it, and it, it is. We, it's, we
1: it's could, always for the children. We could make that happen because I saw I was trolling GitHub to, earlier today, and I found someone that had had a, um, in their GitHub repository, they had written some code that automatically applies for every
0: job on Craigslist. <laughs>
1: exactly
6: right. That's
2: just it.
0: This yeah, you can have like so the, better. but you can have like the "I quit" button, which sends <laughs> like the "FU" email to all of your coworkers. Yep. Update your LinkedIn profile and then send your resume take out. To it. Take this job and shove it. Take this <laughs> job and shove it button. That's exactly what the button says. Uh, Dude, that would be you, a bad button. Will a will lot of people
6: out there.
2: I'll take PayPal donations and I'll take beer. If you made it as
0: easy as pushing a button, dude, people, like the job market would explode. There'd be everyone pushing this take job job and shove it. (laughs) It It should sing the song. It should play the song.
1: It's got to interface with your Amazon Echo to play the song. (laughs) Dude, I want to buy... a
5: million dollar idea right there. There's
0: there's Uh, technology on my want list, but the security person in me like mm-hmm. it holds me back amazon echo is one i'm i'm seriously considering it one. unfortunately because then they put it in Lowe's. so like while you're shopping for it like oh,
1: yeah i saw, I just saw like, one in home Depot I the, the other day i'm like, oh. 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 I'm like oh. oh i'm
0: like i can buy that here like right now like i'm here i have a credit card i'm buying i stuff. was at an
3: event yesterday and somebody had the new amazon tap and they were demoing that and i went oh what is that now the, so the difference is the Echo is always on, always listening, and can do all sorts of stuff for you. The Tap is basically a Bluetooth speaker enhanced with the Alexa technology. Mm. But it can stream Pandora, iHeartRadio, in anything from your Amazon Prime list. And the difference is it's not always listening. So you press the button, but then you can be like, so what's the weather today? It'll give you the weather update. You oh. can press the button and say... You know, I need to order paper towels. And it would say, your last order of paper towels was X. And, you know, would you like another order so, for that? So, so you mean, I got to get... still do it. I got to get out. It's not always on. And it's battery operated. And I was in a, um, a fairly decent hotel room. And we had almost 100 people in the room. And the guy at the front turned on the music. Uh, and he said, like, hey, play the Beatles. It started playing the Beatles. You could hear it in the whole room. I was actually...
0: Actually, Alexa, I have a Fire TV that has Alexa on it. It's scary accurate. Yeah, it's it, it's you, pretty you know, good.
1: You know what I found out the other day? I was sitting in my office and something went on with my phone and I went, Hey Siri, show me pictures of goiters. And, and then it, then it
0: froze? It.
1: <laughs> no. I, it's I'm, still working I, on it? No, just, <laughs> I'm, su- I'm surprised. For whatever reason, I, I didn't have it turned on, but the always on listening on my iPhone was listening for the Hey Siri. Oh, really? And I had said something that sounded like, hey, Siri, on a conference call, mm-hmm. and my phone goes, ding
0: like, huh? i huh? I will pull up those pictures of dildos for you now, right?
1: <laughs> Exactly. And I'm like, <laughs> what? No, I didn't want that. No. Show me pictures of a house fire. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> God.
0: But, uh, yeah. yeah. Alexa works well. Actually, uh, is into my family was playing with it, and they were saying things like poopy and poopy pants, and it's like, oh. Ding. would you like to buy some diapers? The last order of diapers that you had was this. That's awesome. Have you seen, the, uh,
1: have you seen the, uh, <clears throat> the one that Josh Wright did no. about writing uh, extensions with the API for his Amazon Echo? So he did... Uh, oh, both. so he bought an Echo. He bought an Echo and he's been playing with it and he's been writing stuff for the API, working with Ed on mm. some of his home control stuff. And uh, first, he, they see the video of... Um, hey Alexa, what day is it? And it says today is Monday, February second. Mm-hmm. And then hey, hey Alexa, what day is it? Today is Tuesday, Thursday. And then hey Alexa, what day is it? And it busts into the uh, Amanda is it Amanda Black song and plays the Friday Friday <laughs> song <laughs> instead of having the standard Alexa response. It plays the song, and I'm like, oh God,
0: this is evil. That's evil. <laughs> that's, that's just wrong. Yeah. Uh, Apple banned Stefan Esser's iOS security info app. That's right. What? <clears throat> he wrote an app. and If you follow the link all the way to the story by the register, the app features CPU usage, memory usage, disk usage, process list, inspect running apps for SHA-1, hash signature, entitlements, jailbreak detection, security anomaly detection, and malware detection. They pulled it from the, iTunes, the uh, iOS store. And said, currently there is no publicly available infrastructure to support iOS diagnostics, therefore your app may report inaccurate information which could mislead or confuse users, therefore we're removing your app.
1: What? Mm.
0: People were taunting him on Twitter saying, hey, in as retribution, you should just release an iOS jailbreak. (laughs) (laughs) And And he's like, by the way, I'm not (coughs) releasing a jailbreak, it's payback. That would be dumb.
3: (laughs) Yeah, but you know what though? Because if you you think about that from from Apple's perspective, they sell a lot of phones and they sell a lot of phones to people that don't have that level of sophistication. So now if they download that and they start seeing numbers, I mean think about the people that still look at all sorts of memory usage And and then ask really wild questions and and conjure up all these things they need to do to to make their computers work better. And Apple's like, yeah, no, we we just handle that in the background now, like, you're good. People are like, no, 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 I read this thing in 1985, I need to do this, and... So, I, I, I mean, I get it. Like, they're basically saying that you're going to give people data, and they may or may not have the ability to interpret and act on that properly.
1: Got to go defrag my hard drive. Is,
3: and, and that's going to completely suck for us. Mm-hmm. And it's going to, that's going to, and so, you know, hey, dude, sorry, but no.
1: Hey, uh, I, can I go defrag my iOS, my, my Apple phone <laughs> hard drive? Like, that'd totally fix it. Make yeah,
2: my phone it faster. I seriously would, Larry. I think you're right, man. And it's
5: totally, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I heard of this website where you can download more RAM, that might help. Ah,
1: no, no <laughs> way, yeah. That, yeah, that's
5: what I'm just, talking about. Just thinking, yeah, to Ke-
1: Kevin, when you f- do my LinkedIn request, that'd be totally awesome if you could send that to me. <laughs>
5: <laughs> hey, download more RAM, put dash button, and just do it all day. Oh, I think to he's community. onto
2: something, yeah. <laughs>
0: He or is on something. <laughs> That's interesting. I, I, I saw the, <coughs> I saw this top ten security podcast post, <clears throat> and I, I admittedly I just read it just to see if we were uh-huh. on it and uh-huh. whether we or are. not they referenced us by the old name or the new name. The new name, and it is the new name. Um, but I didn't scroll down to see what some of the <laughs> other ones were. Yeah, and the exotic liability podcast, which Chris is trying to rebuild, good at least the archive and stuff, but. I, I don't know what happened to his Libsyn account, if he let it expire, or he, something, his Libsyn account expired, mm-hmm. and uh, there's a whole backstory there that I can't share on the show, but he... Uh they link to his Libsyn account, which is no longer there, and you get a 404. Yeah, and it, and it's like this... But he's ar- trying to rebuild the archive. I, I think it's um, interesting the, But this to article, listen to Exotic Liability archives, certainly. Yeah, like like people listen to our archives. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. I, and
1: it's like every one of these things on here is, yeah, you you should be listening to these, including ours. But the one for Exotic Liability that was published a month ago, it's like, no, um, uh... I can't.
0: Right. Talk. He's working on building yeah. the rebuilding the archives. Good. I'd l- I'd love to hear the story behind yeah. off the show. He, and he's made progress. So that, that I can't good. say on the air. But yeah, yeah.
2: No, good. that's good. Hey, hey, it's good that we're listed too. So, yeah. Yeah. No, no, the, so, the Southern Fried yeah. Security
1: podcast. This is more of a family friendly podcast compared to
0: Paul. Dot com. Oh,
1: so there was a
0: reference. There was. I think it seems to me like they found an old blog post mm. that talked about the top ten. Podcasts and yep. copied and pasted <sighs> it into a new blog post mm-hmm. just to help their SEO. Yep.
2: Okay, just just for your information, listeners, we are absolutely one hundred percent family friendly.
0: Well,
2: if your family, if
0: your family is completely dysfunctional, we are family friendly. But, I
3: thought you meant by making babies.
0: Well, yeah, <clears throat> make babies. Uh, for well, that
2: show. too. But yeah, if your family is, I think, as Paul said. Completely dysfunctional and if, if, potentially if, juvenile adults. Oh, if you if
1: you if, if you have a family and one of those. Family members was conceived during listening of this show. We'd love to hear about it. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you know
3: what? Larry, lovely Larry wants to hear about it. I don't, out
0: you out know that. what? I don't want to hear about PS. Or <laughs> Fine.
1: Larry <laughs> Security securityweekly.com. <laughs>
5: pictures coming in. No, no, no. Pictures. Good. I just next wanted to next say Next week's you. listener mail story. <laughs> you know yeah, yeah, next <laughs> week's, li- just, next week's listener feedback is going to be really Interesting. <laughs> (laughs) Um, I think I just heard the needle slip right off the record.
0: (laughs) You know what's dysfunctional? Flash is dysfunctional. Oh my god! Flash zero days. And what's interesting? Google Chrome will actually switch off Flash content by default. Is that why Chrome is so much faster? (laughs) Oh shit! Uh, Google has confirmed it will block Flash by default, with the exception of ten sites. YouTube and Facebook <laughs> are on that list, Ugh. and oh, wow. I can't read the rest of the article because I'm running an ad blocker software, which is my other freaking rant this week. Mm-hmm. What is up with websites that are like, oh, all of a sudden I'll be reading an article on, uh, screw it, I'm going to call them out, cause Wired.com. Mm-hmm. I'm reading an article, and all of a sudden... Forbes does the same thing. My, if Forbes does the same thing. Thank you, Michael. We talked about one of those, and now v3.co.uk does the same thing. You go to their site with an ad blocker, and you can like start reading, and then all of a sudden, like you get like this gigantic thing that takes over your screen and says, "Oh, we see you are using an ad blocker. Um, yeah, we can't let you view our site unless you like register and give some of your personal information mm-hmm, to us." Or, mm-hmm.
1: you know what happens when I when that? Uh, yeah, when, you know what? F you for that. Yeah, oh, you know what,
0: what I, I do? Think. I go to Google and I find the article somewhere exactly, else.
1: Exactly, exactly. And then we post a link to the story for somewhere else, like. You didn't do for this one.
0: I didn't do for this that's one. Okay. I tried to do for Wired. Unfortunately, Wired was the only story that broke the mm. OK Cupid. Yeah, I, I'm sorry, yeah. but it's gotten out of control. It's, I, you, that's I, just wrong, yeah. dude. It's just wrong. It's I, I, I
1: get. I get that it's their business model,
0: but it's not my fault. Your business model sucks. Sucks.
1: Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> sorry.
3: <laughs> well. Sorry. So this is right. So the, yeah, this is where when you look at it and you go, all right. So on one hand. In the security industry, we look at at serving up ads as going that's that's dangerous, folks. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. It, it, but that's we don't communicate that very well beyond going spooky, danger, don't do it. Um, but then at the same time, yeah, this is definitely like a a, a dying business model, and so their answer to it is, well, is we'll just block it. Like, oh, you're going to block us? Well, we'll block you for blocking us. Oh, great. That's good. That's that's an adult way to yeah, handle c- it. Yeah, so, because
1: clearly escalation is the way to handle this type of stuff.
3: Yeah, well, so, but, but so then it right it goes back fundamentally to, okay, so if somebody's creating content uh, and, and you're providing value, then how do you get compensated for that value? And it used to be you had to pay for stuff, and now it turns out we're the product or we're clicking on stuff. And we've kind of figured out, well, we don't want to be the product or click on stuff. Mm-hmm. And so they're going, well but I still got to get paid for it. So it, it's like, it's, a like, no, it's interesting. but, no, but it, here's it,
0: the thing. They, they don't want to tell their advertisers that people use ad blockers. Right. Yep. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. So they, now they're telling their advertisers, well, if someone is using an ad blocker, like we make them register for the site and then we allow them to view it. And then lo and behold, where, where does my information go to your advertisers? Yep to your it, mailing list now like am i in that to me
3: oh gosh you, you know I that's shady that probably right yeah. it's probably suddenly now like and i can do lead gen, and we'll give you right. detail and we'll mine it across all the sites yeah or yes. even <laughs> even, don't, even don't, if they're okay. just using
0: it as a statistic like oh by the way the number of people that gave us their email address so they could read our site was was x and they're using that for their advantage they're using my information for their advantage. I take issue with that. I mean, mm-hmm. we take a different mm-hmm. approach on Security Weekly. Sure, banner advertising is just one of the things we do. We do our best not to have our ads blocked by ad blockers. Um, in that, like, basically, I've written all of the code myself for some, like, for some of our web properties, and <laughs> it's really a lot of it is how you name. To be honest, like the big secret don't put the word ad or banner in mm-hmm. your file name and then magically a lot of the ad blockers it, it, don't don't pick up on it and, and, and it's interesting there's a, some very standard ad uh plugins for a lot of popular websites mm-hmm. you could so easily check for those and i'm surprised more people mm-hmm. don't but you have to have services outside of those ads so you have to say well people are going to come to our site with an ad blocker well what else are we going to do for our advertisers to give them value mm-hmm. <clears throat> beyond just putting up a banner ad, because as a website you can't do that. I mean, with a newspaper or print, sure, yeah. People, people don't have ad blockers, but you know what the ad blocker was? Turning the page. Yeah, not. I'm reading going to. The, I'm not reading the ad. Mm-hmm. So what's the difference yeah. between not reading the ad and then running an ad blocker? And, and,
1: the, and the and the sad part is, is that you know some of the ads are are good, like. Yeah, you know, at, at, at home we get this uh, this little regional paper that is essentially one advertisements and ads for local businesses that right. are mom and pop type of stuff that they but want they'll to give get to you a good
0: discount in the ads.
1: And sometimes not even that. It's like shit. I need a plasterer. Yeah. Hey, did that the the thing come in this week? Because uh, find a plasterer in there.
2: Yeah, and I, I think that th- the part that bothers me is that the different content providers are. Uh, more and less obnoxious about where they place them as well right yeah so like you go to you go to some content providers and they're like the ad is just in your face and it's just absolutely obnoxious right? right and and then and then you have uh, other content providers where they discreetly place the ad down the bottom you know bottom right somewhere or somewhere that's that that's you 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 can recognize it uh-huh. and you understand what it is but it's not like Kissing you off.
1: Yep. Right? My 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 favorite one, Joff, is you. Uh, and I'm going to show you, know, give a little tip of the hand. You go to Facebook and you see that article. It's like you won't believe what they did next. And like sometimes I'm a sucker for some of those. Yeah. And that's okay, right? But yeah. Facebook yeah. is notorious yeah. for that. Yeah, but, but, but but it's, but it's the, not even the, Facebook. To, so I click on the link and you go to a page and it's like, all right, one of 37.
0: Oh, those and, are the worst. Facebook's the worst. And you
1: you click on the first one and it's like... Okay, you get one uh, sentence. And you get another sentence, and then the fan turns on, and I'm like, what the fuck? Why? <laughs> <laughs>
0: yes. You get one sentence, yeah. and the whole rest of the site, the whole is all yep. ad. But that's another thing, too, Javi. Even in our industry, in technology, let's say, there are a lot of sites that <clears throat> there'll be a gigantic banner ad along the top, and a gigantic banner ad ar- along the side, and it's like really in your face. And... Yeah. I don't know for a security audience, I don't necessarily know that that is the right thing. Mm-hmm. I think that we're probably more accustomed and more in tune with the smaller advertisements mm-hmm. that are really smart, right like if i'm I, I if, don't
2: mind I, I mean my point was I don't mind tasteful yes, I do mind obnoxious.
0: If you're because... reading an article about firewalls, dare I say next generation firewalls, but you're reading an article about firewalls, and the ad is, hey. We got a pretty cool firewall product. You know, we wrote this technical paper, and eh, white paper is probably a bad example. Yeah. But maybe they're giving you some information generally, and then talking about their product. I think that is a good exchange, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? And I think a lot of webcasts try to be that. Although so many webcasts talk just about product and not enough about general. White paper. Yep. We here at Security we try and be more general, like way. giving people advice in general yeah. about yeah. firewalls, right? We'll yeah. use firewalls because there's really no firewall vendor that is sponsoring the right, show. Right. So we'll use firewalls as an example. <laughs> like We would talk about firewalls and all yep. the cool things yep. that Firewalls, Firewalls can do, do and how you can how configure you them fireballs. and how you can
1: implement a bl- ad blocker on
0: your what firewall. Is, what is and, your evaluation criteria when you talk about a firewall and then at the at the end the vendor like, talks about oh yeah, we have this cool stuff. Like that's giving people Exactly. It's the give and take, right? Like you're giving a lot and, and you're, you're asking for, for very little. Yeah. And I think so many of these ads have gone and that, that, the other way. And not and, to and mention that, And that's a lot of respect right there too but not to mention the security repercussions of all this advertising too mm-hmm. how many we call it malvertising ang- campaigning ang- is the, the marketing one, one word it's angler. got a, it's got a song and a, a dance and a logo and mm-hmm, a website mm-hmm. it's, malvertising is is a thing yeah and one of the reasons why we as security professionals block all these ads is because there can be malicious stuff yeah the one the right. one that i i, I got a soapbox for one second
1: the one that drives me nuts is Facebook and Christmas time.
0: Facebook any of the time is just bad. Well, so with advertising, but even even
1: worse. But so, you know, obviously I Amazon and I Facebook and I'll go to Amazon and I'll be searching for stuff for my wife for Christmas on Amazon and I'll be like adding stuff to my wish list. Like maybe I'll get her this and maybe I'll get her that. And (laughs) I'll be sitting on the sofa next to her and Facebooking and it's like ad comes up and it's like, hey, you recently added like big black dildo to your Amazon wish list. Would you like to order this now? And I'm like, no, no, honey, I got you for this Christmas. No, I'm like... Next, like, next, yeah. next, finished. It's like, it's like you know at, at Christmas time, that's like horrible. You don't put that shit on your Facebook timeline when you're sitting next to your significant other for well, the gift that you might be getting. her. The weird part that, is when
0: you, <laughs> when you Google search for something or you're searching for something in Amazon, it's almost like somehow they have some kind of agreement or something oh they because do cookie they correlation, do baby. cookie correlation because mm-hmm. let's say you google searched for something and then you go to facebook and you start seeing ads for it or you liked a couple of pages on facebook and all of a sudden when you go to google you now you're seeing ads, ads. for that thing and it's that's just creepy yep. that's creepy. Hey,
1: I, I want i want i want to i want to hear a couple of words from
0: mr privacy Kevin. I want to hear from Kevin on this. I uh, think the same
5: Larry, part. you actually – you just uh, made me remember something of an article I read, I think, this week by Malwarebytes where they had found there was a massive uh, campaign against some really popular websites. And Let me read a few of these for you and see if you've been to any of them in the last couple of weeks. Uh, MSN.com, New York Times, BBC, Xfinity.com, NFL. They all found to be serving the Angular exploit kit. Oh. actually
1: fortunately i haven 't been maybe the BBC was the only one that I might mm-hmm. have been to,
5: but they it's all done through these third party advertising yeah. networks it has been a yeah. problem for a long time yeah. Yeah. and I, and I think
1: and that's one distinct uh, distinction to make about our banner advertisements they 're all hosted locally yes or they the way it used to be
0: no they are they're just images hosted locally, and the javascript uh for a wiki site I stole uh from the internet and modified for our own purposes mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh the WordPress plugin we use is like the standard. WordPress plugin- for serving ads so, yep.
2: so we're trying to be responsible.: We're trying we're, to be we're responsible. We're just, we're just it all does serve images
0: too that's yep. all it does is serving images. Um, I do want to say hacker fans gave Mr. Robot's website a free security checkup. <laughs> uh, this one might have been a little older. Uh, it could have been could have been um, it's, it's interesting.
1: Well oh, I mean, it's recently published, but I think maybe some of the stuff was a little bit older, but I could be wrong.
0: Um yeah, blind so, SQL injection. Yeah, it was a blind SQL injection that they disclosed uh and are trying to help out. I think it's I thought it was interesting that like we love Mr. Robot so much that like we'll mm-hmm. help out their website. And and I don't know the that there's a significant impact to finding security bugs or exploiting security bugs on USA Networks website. They're not I mean they're just promoting the show. They're not, you know, it's not Facebook or Right Amazon you know what I mean it's not there's not transactions mm-hmm. now they're, they're, they're potentially capturing personal data if you're signing up for a they newsletter could. or something yeah. like that. I think much less impact but nice that the security <clears throat> community is little well about. yeah
3: but think about think about the flip side of that too right try try being part of that group going all right how do we handle this mm-hmm. that's not a, a you know fuck off and die kind of response <laughs> or a, yeah. hey I'm gonna send my lawyers you are going to be like wow that's like like you that's your demo, and you have good a good relationship with them. You gotta handle that stuff carefully, but at the same time, you don't want to make it a call of, "Hey, anybody who feels like abusing us or te- you know quote testing us, you know, bring right. at it." Uh, all you want to be pen testers, come at me, bro, and we'll see. Like th- that's a that's a, fine line. a fine line, fine line. At- that's a good point.
0: That's a good point.
1: Yep, Larry. Last story. Yep. So the the last one that I wanted to you, know, we, you had the little bit maybe older story and that type of stuff. Uh, I want to throw in uh, one that was actually kind of interesting. Uh, my story number four was the what encryption is not enough for HIPAA. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm. And uh, it's uh, this article uh, I stumbled across it from uh, uh, Swift on Security today. In that uh, it's an older article from 2014 that. Um uh Brandon Women's hospital employee was robbed at knife point to steal their phone and laptop, which were both encrypted and they were tied to a tree and demanded to release the uh decryption passwords for them. Uh, oh wow. Yeah. Yeah. So and the the and in effort of full disclosure, the CIO with uh Brain and Women's when this happened was my former boss um at another healthcare organization. So and I didn't know that until I started reading the article when I went through it. I'm like, whoa. Huh. That's a name I recognize.
3: Well, you know, there's an interesting – there's a, there's a there's another part to this that's interesting, right? So Tennessee just uh, updated their breach notification law and said, hey, by the way, uh, if you're encrypted, yeah, so what? Report the breach anyway. Yeah. Which – that kind of crap angers me because uh, – and, it's, and it's, this is probably going to surprise people because I've actually always not – I don't like it when somebody goes, no, we're encrypted. We're good because I always go, well, h- how did you – deploy the encryption? How did you yeah. implement it? Did, How do you do did key you, management?
1: Did you put that, the p- password on, a, on a, you know, a, B, a Brother P-Touch label on the bottom of the laptop? Or
3: well, but you see, and that's the thing. If you've been doing this long enough, it's like,
1: well, we use two-factor
3: authentication, right? But that's the that's the code right on the token. Like, they wrote the code right on the token.
0: I want to – Hold on, though. I
3: just want to finish my point. So, like, typically I'm anti, like, I'm encrypted, I'm good – but then when you come out and you're like, well, no, even if you're encrypted, you got to report. Well, wait a minute then. So, so now we're fixated on breaches? Breaches are symptoms, kids. They, don't, they oh. are perhaps telling of something bigger. But if you, that means if you did encryption properly, you still have to go through a lot you're of wasted time. You yep. that, still get bent over.
0: Um, would I, has anyone tried to verbally speak a password to someone else? And had issues with that? Show of hands. How Show do you mean? hands. Like uh, if someone yeah. asks you, hey, what's the password and you have to say tell them what the password is? Fuck yeah. And you're like capital. You sound, you sound
3: like you're giving them a missile launch code. Yeah. Capital hey. B.
0: No, 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 no. No,
3: okay.
1: Capital Bravo, lowercase yeah, uniform. Yeah. You, gotta and, do the, then, you gotta do it. But and now, and hold alphabet. on.
0: Show of hands, how many people that they, they type in the password the first time it works? Like like never, right? Uh, like uh, never. When you describe uh, it to them, like they're So I want to know, like, when you're tied to a tree, and the evil evil bad guy in a mask is like, what's your passport? And you're like... One Cap- two three four five. Capital B, <laughs> bravo, underscore, lowercase i, exclamation point, dude, tilde. Dude, fucking- and they're like, hold on, wait. What the fuck yeah. is a tilde? And you're like, it's the thing all the way in the left-hand corner. Like, I'm you like, got it. Dude, fucking hurry up. I'm, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm, trying, to- I'm trying to do a the drink. cops are coming. Dude. And they're like, wait, hold on, I got to test this. And they're like, that didn't work. And you're like, no, capital B, bravo, tilde. Like, I, uniform
3: I, I those <laughs> Good point, when, when you don't have a keyboard, so you yeah. gotta scroll through, through it. Me. It's 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 not even like using like like the T nine texting. Like you you gotta go through every freaking letter and you're entering like a thirty two character yeah. password and then it, it bails out I, on I, it doesn't work.
0: Okay, so like what's your can you just we'll just exchange PGP keys. Can you untie me yeah. so <laughs> I can send you a PGP email with the password? <laughs>
1: It's like, yeah, here's the, here's the knife, and the and the, the guy's like, all right, I'm going to stab you unless you give me your password. Okay, it's like uppercase U, lowercase five. Yeah, and I mean, they write, and
0: you write it down. No, 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 no they, they don't, don't
1: have, they don't have anything to write it with you get to like the fourth character, and I'm like, wait, wait, wait. They're like, Shit. we'll give you one <laughs> hint. <laughs> we'll, we'll give they'll you one
5: themselves. Yeah. To, like, screw this.
0: Like, I'm out of here. Wait, we'll give you one hint to write it down, and you write it down, and they're like, is that an L or a one? And you're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Just stab me now, god damn it. <laughs> Uh, Kevin's, <laughs> la- Kevin's <laughs> laughing his ass off over there. It's true, though. <laughs> Trying to give someone a password is hard. Like, uh, it's just biometric. When it's, it's, it's easier when if we... you're
2: tied to a tree. Yeah,
0: it's easier <laughs> not... for you to just take my finger off. Like, just cut my finger off. It's biometric. Use my fingerprint. Better yet, you got any silly putty? Just take my fingerprint. It's easier.
3: You got a chewed up gummy bear?
6: Mmm. Oh, oh,
0: God. God. Wow.
1: So, with that. Oh, <laughs> yeah, no better way to end. Yep. So, with we better. better, be, end the show. <laughs> better, better way to end, go peep my uh, Anarchist Daleks uh, thing in the show notes about some fun Nmap stuff that I played with today. I was like, <laughs> oh, this is kind of awesome. Are you had fun today? Damn I did. It. I did. You, you do an Nmap scan, you send it to XML output, and then you use uh, xslt XL, proc. processor, uh, proc. And then take that and convert it to HTML. And it's like, this is so much easier to read. Oh, nice.
0: I like that. I did, it, nice.
1: I did it on my home network. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Wait.
0: Oh, yeah. All right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Shake there it and it make it sexy. Um, story 11, you'll still be able to hack your Linksyswt yes. routers with open source firmware. Despite new FCC rules, that story is in there and very important. Thanks everyone for listening. Thank you to Larry, Joff, Michael, and not Kevin, and our special guest, uh, Grifter, who came on the show. Actually, Neil was on the show. Grifter was kind on of Yeah, no, Gr- great you're right. Yeah, Neil was on. Nice <laughs> we had the nice Neil on the show. Grifter didn't make it. Yeah, right. So. He, did a li- Larry, he did a nice little. He did a little.
1: That's
0: it. Lovely Larry and Gr- nice Neil. Grumpy Grifter. Grumpy Grifter. Pleasant Paul. Yeah. Thanks everyone for watching. Yes, Kevin. We'll see everyone next week on Security Week and Larry. Take us out over.